Welcome to the New Author Podcast, a weekly podcast diary starring three authors in three very different stages of life. Jerry Evanoff. That's true. I guess if we just sit here in silence, nobody's going to listen. Lindsay Evanoff. I love looking at other people's pets. And Rich Casey. I don't think there's ever been a Grateful Dead album I haven't liked. Join them weekly as they talk about writing, publishing, and marketing their books. They'll talk about their successes, their failures, and everything in between. And there will be tangents. Many, many tangents. Sit back, relax, and prepare to be educated and entertained, but mostly entertained. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Author Podcast. Today is Saturday, January 7th, 2023. I left 2022 in the outline. That was back, that reminds me back in the day when you used to write checks and you would always write the wrong year for like six months or something silly. Um, This is episode number 199, and joining me as he did in most of 2022 is Rich Casey, and joining me as she did in most of 2021 and part of 20, most of 2020 and part of 2019, I don't even remember, uh, is my sister Lindsay. Uh, Rich, I'll start with you. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Jerry. I uh, survived the holidays, although I think I'm equal parts caffeine, sugar, and fat right now. So yeah, I'm having trouble putting two brain cells together and getting them to work. But uh, other than that, I- yeah, we, we headed down today. Uh, to New Orleans, took the kids uh, to get them back on their flight to L.A. where they live. And uh, so tomorrow re- really starts my new year, I think. I've been, ho- been having holidays. By L.A., do you, mean, do you mean lower Alabama? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> Los Angeles, actually. Actually, just, just outside Hollywood is where they live. So, Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, they, they enjoy it out there. They're, my son's a uh, PhD student at Caltech, and my daughter-in-law is a PhD student at UCLA. So, wow. Yep, yep. There's a lot of smart. Yeah. That's yeah, impressive. There's, there's, there's too much There's yeah. too much smarts over there in that side of the family. <laughs> my son tripped down the stairs yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying my son doesn't do that. In fact, it was kind of amusing. It was, first, it was the first time since they've been married. They got married this past August, and the first time that we've had them here in Louisiana. In fact, we haven't really spent much time with her at all. Uh, since he met her up in Michigan and then they both moved out to California to go to, to graduate school. And it was really interesting to see the dynamic between my son and his wife. And, mm-hmm. you know, essentially she has to tell him everything to do or because otherwise he wouldn't know what to do or how to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's okay with that. <laughs> so oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Okay. And then Lindsay, how have you been the last, I don't know, 53 weeks or so? Oh, good. Oh, okay. Nice. (laughs) A woman, a few words. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. So we'll go ahead and get started here and um, we'll kind of go through some kind of an order. And if we trip over each other, it's because it's the first time that we're all three together at once, which is pretty exciting. And y'all heard the new opening. I was very proud of myself for editing that. That was fantastic. Yeah, I was really impressed. I didn't realize I didn't realize you put that together. So it begins. <laughs> oh yeah, I did the whole thing. That's um, that's Sean's wife, Amy. That's her voice. Yeah. And then I used a program called Audacity to kind of put all that together. It's pretty proud. Yeah, of you got a little side gig going there if you wanted to. Well, I didn't actually play the drums oh, on the oh, in the beat. Okay. Oh well, that's disappointing. One of these days. Sorry, eventually. Um, All right, let me start with my stats here. I'll go first. Um, My current word count, I am up 3,785 words to a total of 41,639. It was a good couple weeks. My mailer light is still sitting at 861. 
I don't know what that, that'll probably be like that for a couple more weeks. Um, and then last, the goal that I set two weeks ago when we met is to just get through chapter nine of my second revision. I did not make it through chapter nine, um, but I did make a lot of positive changes to my story uh, along with the, the editing, uh, a couple little revelations, things that I needed to add. I think I talked rich with you last time we talked about coming up with like a unique trait for my character. Um, similar to like Perot is kind of, you know, uppity and and monk is ocd i wanted something like that for my character i think i came up with it um so hopefully what was your choice um i'm gonna it's hard to explain but i'm gonna make him the type of character who asks like oddball questions um things that matter to the actual mystery but the people around him in this case the police won't have a clue why he's asking them and um, and kind of make that lead up to you know throughout the story he asks more and more about this one or two thing things that that um, matter to the story and then at the end of it he kind of puts it all so together. a little bit a little bit like Columbo maybe yeah I never really watched Columbo even though I know about him at no point does my character just go eh, just just one uh, okay, more question okay. um, so we'll keep him away from Columbo that way but if that's how Columbo okay, is yeah okay. Well, uh, as, as you recall, when we talked about our uh, coming up year 2023, I said I was going to move away from this idea of having objectives and goals because I consistently do not meet any of them. And instead, I was going to look for, to forming some habits. And the, the, the four I could remember when I was sitting in a coffee shop getting over caffeinated today, drinking a quad espresso, by the way. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was to, spo- was to write every day after I get up. Now, that that's kind of that schedule is kind of screwed up when my son and daughter-in-law were here but i'll get going on that starting tomorrow but i did write something every day to post to social media every day as um uh, scott um sean inman had suggested in order to start building a following over a long period of time it's not something that's gonna happen overnight uh then to eat healthy and to eat at home and then also to exercise every day at least an hour at least doing something, even if it's only to take a walk for an hour, because otherwise I have a tendency to just sit around and not do much. Uh, and happily for 2023 so far, I've pretty much done all of those. Uh, I did write every day. I was up this week, roughly 2,500 words. I can't remember exactly how many. I didn't go back and cut them up. Almost all of them were due to the posting on social media. So I've been posting every day to both uh, Facebook and a new Facebook and a new Instagram account, my Facebook author page, a new author Instagram account. And I've actually started to leak some of it over a little bit into Twitter, although I don't know, I don't know how that's going to go because it's not really a good format for doing anything but shit posting, really. Uh, so, but, but I did both of those eight, eight at home every day while they were here. I did, I do all the cooking in the house. So I just cooked for them the whole time we were here and I did get up, move around. We played a lot of backyard golf, went for some walks. So yeah, that, that worked out. Nice. So I'm on a seven day streak. Uh, which is do you want to be more specific about the backyard golf ones? Okay. Like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great. We, we got back. We have a backyard. It's very small. It's about a third of an acre. Big for a city, but it's small. And it's pretty much a natural backyard. There isn't a blade of grass in the whole thing because my, my wife likes all kinds of natural plantings for birds and butterflies mm. and stuff like that. But my son just loves to golf. He goes out there and he sets up a golf course and we just hack the heck out of her garden with with uh, pitching wedges and trying to hit plastic balls into plastic golf uh, into plastic flower pots. So, and my and my daughter in law joined right in this time. So we really did a job. Now, luckily, it was had frozen like every place else in the country, so everything was dead. So we didn't have to worry about it too much. 
No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the word count that is the word count that you gave that includes like the social media posts? Yes, and that's kind of all yes, the words. that's all the words for the week. Uh, in the future, when I, I'll start breaking it out, but like I said, all those words were for social media posts, including a a new semi autobiographical um, memoir that I've started writing called uh, Thirteen Days of Madness. So yeah, so that's it for me in terms of the stats. Um, my stats, uh, my current word count is 32,896, which is probably where I left off um, in late 2021 when I last podcasted. Um, and my Miller Lite is at 598. I don't remember what it was the last time um, I was on the podcast, but um, that's where we are now. And um, I'm not really starting from the beginning, obviously. Um, but I'm definitely at a new starting point. You know, people always say, if you don't want to start over, don't quit. Um, I'm starting over. So <laughs> that's where I am. <laughs> so, I mean, are you going to talk about, because I'm going to ask you questions later on about where you currently are. I assume you're going to talk about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. good. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So let me go over my week. Um, actually, it's, as I was saying, you know, before we started recording, I went into the the podcast outline here that we use pretty much after every day, after writing session or at the end of every day and just wrote what I did that day. So like Lindsay said, this is kind of my diary. So I'm going to read my diary to you guys over the last I don't know, 12 days or so. The Monday after Christmas, the 26th of December, I did nothing writing related at all in the evening after Rich, you and I spent a good two and a half, three hours podcasting. Um, I did clean my house and put all my Christmas gifts away, including uh, Lindsay, you got me pots and pans for Christmas, right? I did. Yeah. And I discovered that I have a third shelf in my cabinet. I've been here for 22 years now, almost 22 years. And in my cabinet where my pots and pans are, there's the second shelf was actually two shelves. One was on top of the other. Hmm. Um, and I didn't realize it was actually a third shelf, just not up on the hooks. So I put it up on the hooks and now my cabinet has three shelves. And I'm very excited about this um, because it had room <laughs> for the pots and pans that you got me. Um, yeah. Are these going to be like uh, show pots and pans because they'll never get used or are they? Uh... Oh, no. That, I already got rid of the uh, Parker oh, okay. Hanif I got rid of the Parker Hannafin five-year anniversary pots and pans that I had been oh, okay. using for the last, I guess it would be like seven years now, eight years. Okay. Yeah. So wait, Lindsay, when I do Snapchat cooking videos, you'll now see those instead of the Parker Hannafin five-year. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to some more uh, Snapchat cooking videos. Those are my favorite. I actually have a couple people at work when I when I watch them, they gather around and they watch oh, with me. Nice. I like that. All right. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could get paid yeah. for some, doing something like that. Um, <laughs> so Tuesday, let's see, the 27th, I worked from home. Um, at lunch, I finally went out and rode. It was the first time since Thursday, the previous Thursday before Christmas because of the horrible, horrible, horrible weather that we had. Um, it was only 22 degrees and it was cold, but at least the roads were okay. I started working on Chapter 3, editing it. Got through most of it. Wednesday, again, I worked from home and went to lunch uh, locally here at the sub place uh, to finish chapter three. And I ran it through Grammarly. And then in the evening, I actually went out again. I went to Hothead and did chapter four. Um, I was cruising pretty good uh, through this, the first couple chapters after I started here. But then I hit a bit of a hiccup that I'll talk about. Thursday and Friday, I worked from home both days. Um, I didn't do anything writing related either day. I don't have any excuses for that. Um, I think I was just being lazy. I know on Friday I was starting to feel guilty about it, um, but I didn't care. I just did it anyway. Uh, <laughs> Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, I still didn't write. Um, okay, so I have a new routine that's kind of starting, and I'm not sure if it's a good one or not. Um, Saturday morning I went to the casino for the first 
for I believe the that would be the third time in a row, third weekend in a row, maybe three weekends out of four. But I'm doing this thing now where I'm walking in and within five minutes I'm winning money and then I'm leaving instead of sticking around and losing it all like I normally do. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, I ended up winning fifty four dollars again within five minutes and then I left. There's a Chick Fil A right down the street. I went there. I worked on chapters five and six. Um, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't real happy that I was able to do two chapters like that in the morning. It seemed like I needed to do not do as much. Like I was going to, going too fast. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. Uh, in the evening, I start. Okay, so in the evening, I worked on those web pages that I'm building so that I can try to build my mailing list early. So I created the the, the sign up page that I can put into a as a link from Facebook, a Facebook ad, and then I worked on a page with the chapter one in it. I formatted the whole thing, and then I went and changed chapter one again. But I formatted the whole thing and got it ready. So that's pretty much ready. I just have to test it and make sure everything works. But that's ready for me to start. Um, whenever I want to start running Facebook ads to try to start getting signups for this book. Um, Sunday, it turns out Panera was closed. This was New Year's Day. Um, I remembered about halfway to Panera on Sunday morning that last year at this time, I went through the same thing. I remember driving to Panera in in Warren. It was closed. So I drove to the one in Niles. It was closed. And I was disappointed because I had nowhere to write. And so this year, I drove to the first Panera, realized it was closed, and I just drove home. I didn't try to go anywhere else because that's when it hit me. Wait a minute. These are all closed. Um, so I came home. I didn't do any writing, but I started thinking about how five and six went fast the previous day, and I'm still really worried about my dis- descriptions. Um, Rich, like when I hear you read even like one or two paragraphs on this podcast, it depresses me because your descriptions are really, really <laughs> good. And then I'll go to my, my writer's club and I'll listen to like, Dan and um, like Mallory when she reads and uh, Michaela when she reads and their descriptions are so good. Like it, it's like vivid is the word I'm trying to say where mine don't feel that way. So um, I was watching football that day and I just started searching like how to bite, write better descriptions. Uh, there were a couple of good videos that I found. The best one is by an author I'd never heard of on YouTube, but she's been around for a while. Her name's Hannah Lee Kidder, and I'll link to it in the um, show notes. But it's a really good description. I took a bunch of notes, put it into Scrivener in that the little notes section for each chapter, and planned on going back and starting over um, at chapter one and just looking for these places to add description. Um, I'm gonna actually going to open Scrivener right now and read what I found. Uh, I was going to say, are you are you sure your descriptions aren't vivid, or are they just not vivid to you because you wrote them? I think a lot not, of times I don't. Yeah. I don't think mine are vivid either. Um, other than the fact that you know, like I, I tell you, I have a very uh, a very complex inner monologue that's constantly going on in my head, and I, I see everything that's happening in these scenes, and so you know, I, I kind of drop in stuff that way so th- the only reason why they might be vivid is not because i'm doing it on purpose it's just because that's what i see when i'm there see i think i struggle to actually take the things i see and get them into the the, the book correctly um okay. when i went when i went through the the editing with my mom for that that year and a half that was always the thing that she hit me on was you need to make this more descriptive make the, you know i can't see what's in your head she used to say did you have that problem Lindsay? did she give you those same kind of edits when you went with her with her it was, it was actually opposite. Um, I didn't have any trouble with the descriptions. I had more trouble with dialogue. And she always said that you were better at dialogue um, and I was better at um, the descriptions. Thank God we did that um, genealogy 
test to make sure we were related. <laughs> I know, right? We are in fact related. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so it seemed, it, it feels to me when I read them that I just don't have enough in there. And it, again, when I hear other people, I think one well, mine could be like that, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's like, it's just an inside thing and I don't hear it because I wrote it. I'm not sure, but these are the, I had six tips that came up um, from the, the, um, the videos that I watched. The number one is, you know, you hear it all the time. It's use the five senses, which is easier said than done. Um, but some of them, like smell isn't so bad. Taste is not the easiest one to, to use. Although I feel like if I was good at using it, I'd be writing better descriptions. Um, obviously sight is easy. Hearing is easy. Touch. Eh, it's not so bad. But that was a big one. Um, number two, this is something I really, uh, that I kind of like make it relevant. Um, make sure you're just do more describing of the important stuff, things that matter or things that might come back later. This reminds me of um, when Jake told me at the writer's club a couple years ago to um, write the action scene in reverse. So describe where the action scene is going to be first. That way when the action scene happens there, the reader knows it and understands it. Mm -hmm. And you can use some of those items that you, that you used during when you were describing it at a previous time. Uh, this is a good one too. Write what the character observes. So put yourself in the mind of the character and you know, write what they observe. So if 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 my main character Sam is in the hotel and he sees Danny for the first time, which is the love interest, he's not going to describe like the walls behind her. Everything that he thinks about or sees is going to be more about her than anything. And you know, he may or may not just oh look at her clothes. Who cares? That's not what he's going to see first because he's going to think, oh look at her, she's pretty. Let's describe something that I that I see the first you know the first thing I see when I look at her. Well, actually, the first thing he's going to say is, ooh, look, there's pizza. But That's probably yeah. true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, then number four, obviously, show, don't tell. Don't say she looked old. Describe what makes her look old. We've, we've all heard that a thousand times. Um, spread descriptions out. Don't front load the scenes with descriptions, which is something I think I was also doing. Um, they walk into a room at the beginning of a chapter, and then you describe the room. There's no reason to do that. You can spread that out a little better. And then number six, don't be boring. Only describe the relevant stuff. So I had some scenes where I was describing things in the room that mattered, didn't matter at all. It was never going to come back in the story, and I cut that immediately and said that's not important because the reader doesn't care about that. Um, right. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is you know, I've run into tons and tons, especially in the cozy mystery genre, where uh, the authors will just overwrite the description of the scenes right down to the details of the curtains and stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading this stuff and it's just boring as hell and it's slow. And I'm just going, you know, can I get through this? And I've dropped a whole bunch of books because of that. But my mother-in-law, if you don't have that kind of stuff in the book, she will not read it because she's all the, she's there for all that kind of, you know, really detailed uh, description of what's going on. Yeah. You know? That's funny because uh, that's is, how our so, so there's is. readers, yeah. There's readers for everybody, you know. Yeah. So, I, I that that particular issue I don't worry too much about. Um, I don't know. I just hear you read, and I hear like people the writers club read, and I just think it might could be better. Mine could be like that. So it really yeah. I, it was really bothering me on that. That was New Year's Day that I really need to figure out how to do this better. So I spent a, a, probably a couple hours just looking for videos and watching videos and taking notes, and that's kind of what I came up with. Um, on Monday, I went to Chick-fil-A in the morning. The poor, the poor old lady who walks around, you know, cleaning plates and stuff, she walked over to me and she's like, now you've got me confused. What day is this? Because I usually go there on Saturday. Um, 
But I, I went, uh, let's say, so instead of going to chapter seven, which is what I normally would have done, I went back to chapter one. I went through the right notes, made a whole bunch of changes to make it stronger. The earlier chapters, obviously, is where you're introducing more new stuff. The hotel, in my case, the plant, a lot of the people. So those took a little bit longer. I added a few hundred words to each chapter. And then in the evening, um, that was fun. In the evening, that's when um, Sean's wife, Amy, a uh, friend of mine, came over and recorded the the, uh, the voiceover for the podcast. And, and she actually did that in one take, which I thought was pretty impressive. Wow. Although, well, she paused between each segment, but she didn't stumble at all. She just read one and then paused and then read the next one and paused and so on. Um, mm. And then I put it all together and probably by nine, nine o'clock or so I had it finished. Very happy. That's kind of a weight on my shoulders. I've been talking about it for a couple yeah. months now. And I'm glad to, to have that done. She sounded really good. If she needs a second job, I'm sure that's something that she could get into. Yeah, that's what Rich said when he emailed me back. I think you said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Tuesday, I worked during the day. I didn't do anything at lunch. But after work, I went to Hothead. And I actually went through chapters three through six. I was there for a few hours. Um, and I went through the description stuff again. Again, I, I, I had less introductions to do in those chapters. Um, so there was a little bit less description. But uh, I did get through all six. So now I was back to where I was uh, earlier that week. Um, let's see. Wednesday, so this is this past Wednesday, I worked from home. I didn't do much in the way of writing, um, but this is where I came up with a plot point, that plot point about my character that I really liked in terms of what is going to be his unique feature. And I don't even know if the reader is going to be like, oh, he's unique. But in my head, it's something that I can kind of write around and plot around as I'm going. And I kind of really like it, actually. Um, in my case, there's a pre-shift meeting before, um, before every shift. And he is going to be focused on that pre-shift meeting and what happened where everyone was standing. And he's going to ask people about it and people are going to be confused on why he's asking about it. But over time throughout the book, it's all going to start to come together so that when he does um, unveil what happened at the end, kind of like Perot, um, that's going to take a lot of, um, take a lot of the time. That's clever. Yeah. Uh, I hope <laughs> I, hope I can do it. That way. <laughs> um, let's see. Thursday. So this past Thursday I was in the office. Um, I went to write at lunch. I started working on chapter seven, but I didn't get very far with it. That lunch is short. So Thursday was an interesting day. I, so earlier in the week on Tuesday, I learned that a, a coworker of mine from my old job uh, actually passed away. He was 44, kind of an odd guy. You know, he, he was an IT guy. So I worked with him pretty close a lot. Um, he had had some, had some health issues. I was surprised to hear it, but he had some health issues, so it wasn't that surprising. Um, and then on Thursday, I was on my way to work, and because I was going to work, I was dressed in my, my blue jeans and my ratty old hoodie, because that's what we're allowed to wear to work. And I found out that his calling hours was that night uh, on the west side of Cleveland. So I was actually pretty close to it where I was working, uh, and I decided I wanted to go, but um, I really I, I wasn't exactly dressed for it. And for me, that's a big deal because I don't dress up ever. Um, so yeah, left. but pe people would just look at you and say, oh, it's one of his ID IT buddies. And, <laughs> and that's pretty much what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I did was I actually drove down to Walmart. There's a Walmart near where the, the calling hours were. And I bought, I took off the um, black, kind of blackish gray with the faded picture on it hoodie. And I bought just a plain black hoodie. And that became my, my calling hours. Oh, there you uniform. go. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> Your funeral <laughs> attire. Yes. You put the hood, put the hood up, and carry a sickle with you, and you do oh. that. Oh, I didn't think of that. Um, so it, this is really weird. Like I haven't been to a lot of calling hours in my life. I went to one back in like 2007 for a guy that was on my bowling team that I didn't really know, and I was only there for you know a, a cup of coffee, basically. But 
the last one I went to before that was for uh, John Chico. Lindsay, remember him? That was like 20, yeah. that was like 1994 or something. Yeah. I have no idea what you do. I had no idea what calling hours were like. And um, I have a fun story about that uh, that I'll talk about when I get to my addicted to segment. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's just funny well, I because my young... father-in-law is a funeral director. I've been to more calling hours than I can think of. <laughs> True, yeah. When I, when I was a young professor, my very first graduate student, uh, him and his wife lost their, their first baby at about six or nine months or something to, uh, mm. to brain cancer. And that was the first non-family funeral, non-old person funeral I ever had to go to. And yeah, I, I learned a lot by just going through that. And I, I actually stayed there with him for like four or five hours. And yeah, you, you have to learn how to, uh, how to deal with people and how to, how to be there and not open your big mouth, really. Mm. <laughs> just just be there, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the funny thing about it was is that it really was a reunion of IT. Like, you walk in, you know, I said I talked to his wife a little bit, uh, which I had met her a few times. She's very nice. And went in the back of the room, and that's where all the IT people that I used to work with were. Not only that, it was, like, guys who had retired three or four years before I quit. They showed up. There were some women from some of the other departments that I hadn't seen in a while. And we all just sat back there and talked. And it was actually like I would laugh and I would feel guilty about laughing. But it was like a fun to chat with these people who I haven't talked to in a while. Sure. Um, and the other thing about it, though, and, and that I just found weird is every now and then I would turn around. And at the front of the room, there's a dead person laying in a casket that's open. And I would just right. be like, we this is weird. Like, we shouldn't be here right now. This is I don't like this. Right. And it was, right. and, you know, and it was just it was odd. So, you know. Well, the the thing that was missing is that nobody was there passing around the whiskey bottle because that's really what would have yeah you know helped a lot, uh, <laughs> which is why the Irish have those traditional wakes and stuff and they hold them in their homes because if you're in somebody else's building and there's an open casket, it does seem weird. Yeah, and, well, this was an Italian and his parents were actually oh. first generation. I think they were the the first Italians in his family to come over to the U.S. Oh, okay. Um, so that yeah, from what I heard, there was some hair stroking and stuff early on. Yeah. From some of the yeah, family yeah. members yeah which I, I just would have been so uncomfortable like i shouldn't be here you know that kind of thing so yeah um so anyway i i have another funny story about that that i'll get to again when i get to my addicted session um so friday i worked from home i did find out by the way thursday before i get to friday i did find out thursday right after work i got an email from our hr person and after this coming thursday i don't actually go into the office for like five weeks because there's all kinds of renovations going on so i'm very excited that i don't i get to work from home basically for the next five weeks oh, during wow. the snow and nice. the cold period. yeah it's great so so friday i worked from home uh, after work, I went to the local sub place and sat for a while. I finished chapter seven. I actually doubled the word count, more than doubled, took it from 715 to 1,650. Um, and then I came home and I watched the third episode of Only Murders in the Building. I'm doing basically the opposite of binge watching with that show where I'm watching like one a month. Um, I, I did have a quick, 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 go ahead. And forgetting everything in between. Well, I did have a quick question for you um, okay. and, and Lindsay both, because you both have watched this and I believe you both binged it. Um, oh, yeah. Sting, Sting is in this and he's a suspect. What? Yes. Yeah. I don't know how you can go that long between episodes. I we skipped the um, you know how you can skip the opening. We mm -hmm. skipped the opening mm -hmm. so that we could get to the next episode faster. Yeah. Yeah. It was very good. I mean, I may watch the next one, you know, much more soon, whatever, however you say that sentence, than I have in the, you know, since the last one was like two months ago. So I'll probably watch the, the next one within the next month, 
would be my guess. Um, and then this morning, the routine continues. I went to the casino first, and within five minutes, I won, I believe, $65, and I left, um, and I'm pretty happy about that. And uh, so I started thinking about my bonus scene as I was driving to the casino, and, and Lindsay, I don't know how much you actually listen to the podcast, but um, Melanie Harlow, she spoke at 20 Books in November, and she gave like this whole new, she, she writes three books a, a, a year. I'm sorry, three books a year. That's it. She publishes three books a year. She writes one every four months. And she, the last two years she's made it, she's made six figures. She doesn't do any advertising. She talked about how she handled her mailing list. And part of her mailing list was this bonus email. She writes romance. This could be something for you because she writes romance. And what she'll do is uh, in the back of the book, she'll say, hey, listen, if you want to see how the wedding went, Go to my web, go to here, sign up for my newsletter. And then she, all she does is send a link to her website where she puts the actual scene. There's no book funnel, none of that. And mm. she built her mailing list from like 40,000 to 120,000 in just a couple of years. Um, wow. And she's made over six digits the last two years, again, with no advertising. So I'm going to try to do this. This is going to be my life now where I'm going to try to do a book every four months. I'm going to write bonus scenes and try to get my mailing list that way. I'm going to try to do very little marketing. Uh, paid advertising if I can. Um, so I started thinking about my bonus scene. I'm writing a mystery. It's different. I can't write a wedding scene or a, a hey, they had a kid scene or anything like that. But I was thinking that what I may do is um, write a scene that shows, I think I talked about this with you before, Rich, write a scene that shows what happened from the, from the murderer's point of view, you know, how they come up with the crime, how they committed the crime, whatever it was, and then frame it in my in the back of the book that says, Hey, listen, if you were watching this on TV while Jessica Fletcher was going through it, you'd see the, it actually happening with her voiceover as she talked. And I, and I, you know, if you want to see that kind of a scene here, uh, click here, take you to my sign, uh, newsletter, sign up, and then you get to see the scene. So. I just thought of something diabolical while you were talking like and I don't know how it would work, but you could get to the end of your book. You've got the scene where the murderer is arrested and is being taken away. And then as a coda or an epilogue, you say, okay, you thought this was the real murderer, but it wasn't. Want to know who the real murderer was? Sign up to my list. So we're doing People would clue. scream and hate you. Yes, they, they would. would do it. Yes, they, they would sign up. <laughs> they would sign up. <laughs> I mean, it would be free. It's not like I'd be charging them. Or to be continuing right. them, you know, they just right. have to sign up and go read it. Uh, I would never do that, by the way, because <laughs> people would scream at me. Um, uh, then I went to Chick-fil-A and I did the same thing with Chapter 8 that I was 7. I doubled the workout. I took it from 1,200 words to 2,400. Uh, and like I said, when you start adding proper description and emotion, I also added some more dialogue. And I added a new, I don't know, a new plot point into one of the scenes with a lot of dialogue. Uh, but it's amazing when you do all that, how you can easily up your word count. I think, Rich, you had asked me before, oh, yeah. you know, my first draft was like 37,000 words. Was there going to be any worry about getting to like 65? No, there's not. Um, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. So, and I have talked for a long time now, but that was my week in review. Um, and uh, Lindsay, if you want to give yours for the first time in 53 weeks. <laughs> I'm not going to go through all 53 weeks, um, uh, but I'll go through this past week, um, which you know, my life is kind of boring right now. And I, I think I used 2022 to make it boring. Um, that was my whole goal in, in 2022. Um, so Monday, um, I worked from open until nearly closed. Um, if there's anyone who doesn't know, I work at K Jewelers. I'm the office manager. 
Um, our store is the largest store in the country. Um, so we're about a, I don't know, $5 million store or something like that. Um, so when on those days that I, I start at 9.30 and I'm working until nearly 7, 7.30, um, there's really no time for anything else in my day other than eating, sleeping, and parenting. Uh, so that's basically what I do on those long days. Um, Tuesday, I opened and I worked until 5.30. After work, I ran a couple of errands, went home, ate dinner, and went to bed. Um, Wednesday was my first day off in a while, uh, so I had to catch up on things. I ordered groceries. I cleaned the house a little bit. Um, generally, uh, I'm kind of with Rich on this whole eat clean thing, um, and I've been making these veggie smoothies every morning. Um but I, get, I allow myself one day a week and I have eggs and toast because that's what I used to have all the time. Um, so I made eggs and toast for breakfast and then I have all this homesteading stuff printed out. So I put that into binders. Um, in the afternoon, I was finally able to um, get out my, my writing stuff. Um, book two is, I don't know, halfway, a third of the way, I don't really know. Um, but I was able to, to get that out and I figured the best way to start is to read what I had already written, um, refresh my memory. I did make a few changes here and there, um, but I did a lot of like, I would highlight a section and say, no, I'm not writing that. That was silly. What was I thinking? Um, or like new ideas would come to my, come to me while I was reading it. So I was able to, um, you know, put in some notes, um, you know, what I want to get back to. Um, I didn't do any actual writing. It was mostly just like making all of those notes. Um, it was pretty good though. I was, I was surprised that I wrote it. I was like, wow, I had some skill, you know, a couple <laughs> years ago. We'll see. We'll see if that carries through. Um, Thursday, I worked all day again. Uh, Friday I was supposed to be off, but tomorrow we have inventory. So I ended up going in and uh, just, getting the store ready for this big inventory um, extravaganza that we have going on. Um, I came home and made spaghetti because for some reason I was craving spaghetti. I don't know. Um, I ate and I went to bed to read. I've set this goal for myself um, where I want to make sure I get at least 10,000 steps a day every single day in 2023. Um, I want to read one book per week, which is completely doable because I usually go to bed like 7.30 or something, and then I read until 9, 9.30. Um, How do you pull that with a kid? Uh, my husband's retired. He's retired army. Right. And so we kind of have this deal where, because he's not a morning person, and I am. Ah. So I parent in the morning, and then he, like, I handle all of the morning stuff. Our son has ADHD, so he's on medication. So I get him unmedicated in the morning until the meds kick in. And then the evening, he gets him when the meds are wearing off and he does the whole bedtime routine. So oh, okay. it's kind of a, a nice little trade-off. Um, so anyway, I finished reading The Lost Apothecary um, last night and it was good. I have some major opinions about it though that didn't hit me until near the end, which I hesitate to say what they are because if there's anybody listening who hasn't read it yet, I don't want um, to spoil anything, but um, there were some comparisons made that were ridiculous. And I think that the author, um, while she's very talented, I think she was just kind of stretching. Um, she was just trying to find a way to um, 
compare and contrast these two situations, her situation and her husband's situation. And they are so far at opposite ends of the spectrum that it, it, it honestly made the book ridiculous for me. Hmm. Uh, I was kind of disappointed in that. The story is great. Um, I really like how she went back and forth from 1791 to the present. Um, I like how she pulled the characters together, but there were just these little things at the end that I just, ah, I had a lot of trouble with. Um, so anyway, if you've read The Lost Apothecary and you want to um, discuss with me, feel free to email me and um, maybe you had the same uh, interesting ideas and opinions that I had. Um, so then today I was able to sleep in a little bit actually. Um, I think, so on the weekends we let our son keep his electronics. Um, uh, like I said, he has ADHD, he's not much of a sleeper. He has a lot of trouble turning his brain off. Um, and during the week we take all of his electronics away from him, you know, a couple hours before bed and um just kind of help to chill him out but on weekends honestly we just want to sleep so we let him have his electronics um and i think he woke up this morning and just started playing his game on his phone and so i didn't actually get out of bed until almost nine when um my little chihuahua was like yeah my bladder is really full it's time to get up <laughs> um i made my veggie protein shake and just kind of got ready for the podcast. I worked today. It was a short day, 2 to 7.30, just last minute getting ready for um, inventory kind of stuff. And then, um, yeah, I came home and here we are. Yeah. And that was my, my parents' version when I was growing up of uh, taking the electronics away was to say, here, here's a box of Lucky Charms. Go turn the TV on. We'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Read the cereal box. We'll be fine. That's, that's right. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to go back uh, to the week before last just briefly. Um, since you mentioned homesteading, I was going to ask you, what kind of homesteading stuff are you uh, archiving or whatever, putting in that binder of yours? Um, I have a lot of stuff on gardening. My husband um, built me a garden last year, um, and I planted, I don't know, half a dozen things. And really the only thing that took off was the cucumbers. Um and so with this whole journey of, I, I don't really call it a new diet because really I'm just eating like a human is supposed to eat. Um, right. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> very opposite from how Jerry eats. Um, <laughs> I wanted to do, you know, like more organic stuff, more, you know, I know where this food is coming from. Therefore, I know that it's good food. Um, so most of what I have is on gardening. Um, I do have some information on canning because I figure, well, if I'm going to succeed at gardening, what am I going to do with all this food? So I want to learn how to do some canning. And I follow on um, Instagram. Um, her, her Instagram handle is Grace Walk Farm. Um, and she's just the cutest. She's probably, I don't know, early to mid 30s. She's just a, this adorable human being. And um, they bought this this land and they started homesteading and to the point where they both quit their full time jobs and now they earn a living from their land, which is okay. amazing. And um, she was diagnosed with Lyme disease, Lyme disease last year and um, she struggled and struggled for years and years, doctors and, and all the things. And then she started researching more um, naturopathic ways of 
not healing so much as helping the symptoms. And uh, just last week she went and she had whatever the test is and her Lyme disease is in remission. Um, and oh, it was great. just doing like natural food, using yeah. food and, and things that grow in the earth um, to help heal her. So right. she's, she's well, fascinating. I'll put two words in the back of your head and you can just file them away for later use because it, it relates to what I'm going to say. And that's backyard chickens. Uh, oh, my, oh. I, if I, I could left, have I, chickens in my backyard. I would have chickens in my backyard. You, I live, you probably, uh, you probably I live like, uh, no, I can't. I live like um, a 16th of a mile into the city limits. And there's no uh -huh. chickens allowed in city limits. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. Good. Because I, I live right, I live, you know, right in the midst of the city. Uh, and we have really interesting uh, laws here because you're allowed to have, uh, let's see, how does this work? It, it's, it's really screwy. It says, oh, you're not allowed to raise chickens. But if your neighbor complains about your chickens, you have to go down to three chickens. So... <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what that's all about. But I do know that I left for Christmas going up to Detroit on my own uh, almost two weeks ago because my wife had decided while I was gone uh, dealing with family issues in the fall that she wasn't going to wait to spring to buy chicks, where is when you normally, a normal sane yeah. person does it. She bought them in the fall. And so we had like, uh, you know, crazy teenage chickens that didn't know enough to get in and out of the cold. And she had to stay home. <laughs> to take care of the chickens and take make sure they got the into the hen house every night, especially since it was going down here yeah. in Baton Rouge and went down to 22, which is you know really, really cold for us. Um, so yeah. So yeah, last week I drove up to, or a week before last, I drove up to, to Detroit, picked up the kids at, uh, at the airport up there because they flew in to see my mother. Uh -huh. And you know, it was, it was a pretty uneventful week as, you know, we did the cr typical Christmas stuff, except I had just, uh, about a month, not even a month earlier before that, I had moved my mother, who's 91, into a condo, and I still there's still stuff that had to be done. So I spent the whole Christmas up there working, doing stuff. Um, and the only other thing that that, that uh, uh, pops into my head about that week is uh, sometime during the week, I don't know if you if you know him, Jerry or not, a guy named Edwin Downward. Oh yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. he he had, he shouted out the podcast, and I think that's one. You know, he's got quite a few thousand followers. I think that's one of the reasons why we picked up some listeners because he, he made a point to, to mention it last week, as as did Paul Teague, I think. So, you know, both those guys um, uh, helped out, a little yeah. bit with that. Uh, fast forward to New Year's Eve, and I'm in southwest Virginia, which is where my wife's family is from. Uh, she had flown into Virginia, so we finally had everybody together. And New Year's Eve, we did the, the traditional uh, New Year's Eve torture of working a 15,000, not 15,000, 1,500-piece puzzle. Might as well have been 15,000 people because there were six of us worked at it for seven hours on New Year's Eve uh, and did not even come close to finishing it. And act, we actually missed the dropping of the Times Square ball because oh, of the Ohio State field goal. That oh, yeah. The missed the, the field attempt. goal? Yeah, I missed yeah, the, the I missed, missed the, field goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so we I had to kind of rewind. I live in a room full of Georgia fans because I ah. live in Georgia. <laughs> right, right. It was it was awful. <laughs> I bet it was. I bet it was. What was the uh, puzzle? Was it like just deep space? No, it's a, it, like it was. It was one of those Thomas Kincaid puzzles, oh, those pastoral scenes with the light and everything. But it was just these incredibly complicated shapes and stuff. 
Uh, and, you know, and my wife's, it's not like we were all drunk or anything. My wife's family doesn't drink. It's just that we just, just couldn't do it. Um, so, so anyways, we, we stayed up, you know, past midnight, had to rewind, uh, artificially do the countdown, drink our sparkling cider. And then we spent another hour or two on the puzzle before we just finally gave up and went to bed. Uh, <laughs> as a result on Sunday, January 1st, uh, which was the f- first full day of the year, uh, I, I, did what I really like to do on January 1st, which is slept until noon and wow. you know, didn't even bother uh, with, with anything. But we did finally finish a stupid puzzle sometime during that day. Watched a lot of football like you do on New Year's Day. Um, I made a couple coffee runs because not only do they not drink, they also don't drink coffee, oh. which is just unbelievable to me. But uh, you, th- you think after you know some 33 years, 34 years of being married that I would uh, be used to that by now. But <laughs> But, still, but I guess you, I guess I am used to it myself and I just kind of buck it up and just spend the whole time I'm there sleepy. But both my son and daughter-in-law being in graduate school, they can't live without coffee. That's yeah. literally what gets them going. So I had to go do that. Um, and then uh, I spent the rest of that day in between watching football is uh, looking out the window. My, my in-laws live on a, on a five acre lot in this you know, humongous wooded subdivision that's basically just all natural uh, trees and they're on hill in hills and stuff and watch my son and daughter-in-law sneaking around the property trying to kill themselves a squirrel with a slingshot, which, <laughs> which, which they never came close to doing. <laughs> I have no idea what gave them the idea to try to do that, but <laughs> that's what they that's were doing. That's the second time on this podcast that you said something that I was not at all expecting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's kind of my life, actually, <laughs> from one minute to the next. I don't know what's going on. Um, Monday, I woke up early at about 7 o'clock uh, because we were going to hit the road that day to uh, to come here to Baton Rouge. Um, we managed to get out of there by 9, which you know is always a, a feat. I don't know what it is, and you, you guys may have this problem too, but whenever you're leaving family in the morning, I just want to get up and go. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, my wife and my son and everything, they, they picked that time to launch into long discussions with whoever <laughs> we're trying to leave. And you can't, you can't just say goodbye. See ya. Had a great time. You have to, you know, ease out over a period of hours, the, but we the, got out by nine. The last two times that we visited Lindsay for Christmas on the day we left, we were up and out before Lindsay, you know, her husband or her son woke up like, Oh really? Oh, yeah. Well, well that, yeah, that's our, probably our the best way like, to do it. Yeah, our dad is like, we're leaving at 4.30 a.m., knowing full well that none of us are going to get up. We're like, okay, well, we'll say goodbye before we go to bed tonight. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that might be a strategy to use in, in the future. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got up and we drove 16 hours and we Oof. got back to Baton Rouge on the same day. Yeah, we initially we were going to uh, stay overnight someplace along the way, uh, probably somewhere in, in Georgia, actually, Fort Payne or something. No, that's Alabama. I think. Yeah, that's Alabama. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the weather was nice. We had like four drivers in, in the in the pickup. So let's just go and do it. And that's what we did. Oh, nice. Got in here about midnight. And of course, you know, you can't actually go to sleep after driving all that way. So I had to scam one of my my wife's magic pills in order to go to sleep. And <laughs> so, so I did that. <laughs> uh, and, as, and as a result of that, woke up around 10 o'clock the next day. And then, uh, you know, just spent the day... Uh, Having well, I cooked for Christmas dinner. I do all the, most of the cooking in the house. Uh, again, watched my son and daughter are creeping around the backyard, but this time instead of trying to kill a squirrel with a slingshot, they were laying out a golf course. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and we had Christmas dinner and then uh, opened presents and then launched into what, what turned out to be a series of six epic wingspan games. I don't know if you have, if you know the board game called Wingspan. No. But it's a, it's a really neat game. It's kind of a cooperative game. And it's all about... Uh, uh, it's called Wingspan because it's all about birds and different kinds of birds and how, how you have to... The kind of the objective of the, of the game is to be able to raise birds, have them have eggs, and have them have more birds, essentially. But it's really complicated. It took the woman who developed the game, I think, five or six years to get it all, to get it finished and out. But it's an extremely popular board game with, with the younger set right now, mainly because it is not, it's not as competitive as, you know, some of the other board games are. And, but the games can last forever sometimes. Mm. Uh, but they're a lot of fun. So, we, you know, we spent the next three or four days basically playing board games, <laughs> eating, and wandering around the backyard, seeing if we could hit the plastic pot with the plastic ball. And... <laughs> And that, and that was, and then somewhere in between on each of these days, or since the, uh, the the first, I found time usually late at night, right before I went to bed. When I go, went, oh shit, I really have to get this done. I would put together something for Facebook and Instagram and get that get that posted. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I want I'll make a uh, little note here about this. Uh, it's really interesting. It is true, like Sean Inman says, that the more you post, the more the algorithms love you. Uh, because even though I've only posted, basically, if I go back into December, I probably posted for about 16, 17 days in a row now, uh, the algorithms are starting to show it to more people. Uh, it's not like I have more followers or anything. It's just that it's getting shown out there. Uh, but the other thing is that there's a big difference between Facebook and Instagram, even though they are owned by the same conglomerate. Uh, it's a lot easier on Instagram to get views on these and to get people to comment on on them, of course, it's a lot easier to get uh, you know uh, Russian and Bulgarian girlfriends as well on Instagram. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to like Instagram more than Facebook, and I'm certainly starting to like it a lot more than Twitter. In fact, I commented to somebody I chat with on Twitter today that I'm about, I'm about had it with Twitter. I'm uh, getting pretty close to just giving it up because the thing has just gotten so slow and so dull. Couple a and, couple quick questions. Um, yeah. The, the willpower that you have to do the Facebook thing every night, is there ever a time when you're like, ah, I'll skip it, or you, you're forcing yourself to do it? Uh, I'm mostly, <laughs> I'm not really forcing myself to do it because it doesn't take that long. If I'm coming up with something original, and you got to remember on, on Instagram, you're limited to 2,200 characters, which is only about 400 words. So it doesn't take much to just off, off the cuff, you know, have some kind of brain dump about whatever. The biggest problem there is that you have to have a picture to go with it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm also starting to get into the habit of taking more pictures. Although I think, Jerry, you may have seen the one I posted at Twitter today after I had dropped my phone in the coffee house. Yes. And, yes. <laughs> and the lights are just like starbursting everywhere because there's cracks all through my, my camera lens right now. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got, I have a new phone in my future, I think. Um, so, so that's the biggest problem with, with actually all three is to have a, have a vid, uh, an image of some kind to go with it because you know the, the algorithms like that. But I, I you know I don't have any trouble brain dumping four hundred words on just about any subject at all. Uh, the the hardest part is when I decide to uh, uh, leak out a little bit of a story that I'm writing. 
And I don't want to just leak out parts and then have a gap and then leak out other parts, which means I have to go through and I have to kind of be very selective about where I'm cutting it off uh, as I'm going through, say, a chapter. And many, many times I go through, I go, oh, well, this is this is the perfect chunk to use. And I put it up there on Instagram and it's 2,400 words you know, <laughs> or 2,400 characters. I got to get rid of, you know, 40 or 50 words. Uh, so, and I don't want to be re-editing this stuff just to do that. So I just have to back it off a sentence or two and just chop it. And actually I, in the back of my head, I say, you know, people don't care. They're just going to look at the picture anyways, and they're going to scroll on. So. <laughs> so I've, I've got a couple of people that are, that are always liking my pictures. So okay. I just let, I'll just go with that. Yeah. And then the, the second question, can you forward me one of the ball gear? You know what? Never mind. We'll take this off. the okay. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Just, hey, I tell you what, just sign up for an Instagram account and, and they will be yours. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Um, and then today, yeah, we woke up and uh, had a lazy morning, got out of the house about 1030, drive down to New Orleans, which airport, which is about an hour, a little bit over an hour from where I live. Uh, got them there. Man, the most amazing dead airport that I've ever been to, it, other than, you know, small little little airport someplace in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what it was about Saturday morning. You'd think it'd be busy, but it was not busy at all. Dropped the kids off. And then my wife has a friend who's in a uh, nursing home down in uh, New Orleans. She rarely gets to see her because my wife doesn't really like to drive down there. Uh, I can't blame her. We've lived in, in Louisiana now for 30 some years, let's see, 31 years. And I've been down there probably a total of eight times total. Wow. Uh, and usually it's for work. How far was is for it? Work. How far is it? Well, just another 15 minutes past the airport. That's so, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's uh, New Orleans uh, attracts or it appeals to a certain kind of person. And, you know, maybe when I was very young, in like my late teens, early 20s, that was the kind of person I was. But, you know, when you're pushing 65, that just doesn't appeal to you very much. You, know, you can't you can't handle more than one drink anyways <laughs> you know, why why go down there you might as well be sitting in your armchair watching the tv and, and do that i couldn't uh, handle the noise I, like i'd like things to be yeah. fairly quiet in my life um and every yeah. there was just trumpets every there was just so much noise oh, it yeah. was a little overwhelming yeah down on bourbon street yeah it's it's, it's not quite 24-hour noise mm-hmm. uh if you're up early in the morning it's actually fairly quiet on Bourbon Street. Stinks like crazy, but yeah. it's pretty quiet. Pretty quiet. <laughs> uh, my uncle, not my uncle, my cousin was down there one time for Mardi Gras, and the actual Mardi Gras night, and uh, was up early the next morning, which is typically when the street sweepers and stuff come through and, and the front end loaders to clear out all the garbage off the streets that the people have left from the parades and things, and literally watched as a guy who had passed out and had been buried by all kinds of litter got scooped up in the bucket of a truck oh, <laughs> as, oh my gosh. As, they were, as they were cleaning the, uh, <laughs> the streets. So yeah, that, that tells you what kind of town New Orleans is most of the time. Well, I have a friend who um, lives in Slidell and they go to all hmm. the parades and mm-hmm. she'll send me these pictures of like her kids with armfuls of oranges. So like they'll have this of orange oranges? parade oh. where everybody throws oranges and like, the weirdest things. It's just weird. That sounds dangerous, actually. Right? <laughs> Here, kid, have an orange. Have an Whack. orange. Boom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have the they have the parades everywhere in Louisiana. I mean, we have them here in Baton Rouge. Quite a few of them, actually. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's mo- mostly beads and stuff is what they mm-hmm. throw. Um, uh, unless you're uh, way out. Not re- actually. I don't have to get too far out in the sticks. About an hour 
uh, west of where I live, out on the other side of the Atchafalaya Basin, a real Cajun country, their idea of fun on Mardi Gras is to let a bunch of chickens loose and see who can catch them and cut, bite the heads off first or something like that. Oh, you know, something really gross. weird. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It is, it's really weird. Can you bet so on anyway, it? She, what's that? Can you bet on it? I, I, I bet they do. I bet they do. Yes. <laughs> I was asking for a friend. I, I was okay, okay. Of course you were. Uh, so... I dropped my wife off at the nursing home and then I find, I wandered down a couple blocks down where I knew there was a coffee shop and just, and that's where I planted myself and drank the quad espresso because they wouldn't give me a triple because they don't do triples. They only do doubles or quads. So, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then waited for her to be ready, came back home. And then, like I told Jerry, I sat in front of the TV. I was going to type up all this stuff I had written down at the coffee shop and I promptly fell asleep in front of the ball game. So, oh, okay. That's a good that, day. That was my week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a bad day actually at all. <laughs> all right. Uh, do you have goals you want to go through, Rich? Yeah. Well, I mean, th- these are the goals like, you know, that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, right every day, post to social media each day. These are still my 2023 goals. Uh, set aside some dedicated time to do the writing. I'm still still going to do that starting tomorrow. Well, actually, starting Monday. Sundays, Sundays are a free day. I forgot to mention that when we talked about our, our goals. He's uh, getting up and, you know, the first morning, whole morning is basically taken with church activities. Uh, So by the time I get home, I can decide to do whatever I want to do. I might might write. I might watch football. Well, football will be over soon. I won't have to worry about that uh, because I'm not really into any other sports on TV. So I'll be be doing the writing. uh, Eat better. uh, Yeah. You know, I at least cooked at home. I don't know if it was better. You know, it's, it's hard to say if, you know, going out to eat at McDonald's or eating shrimp etouffee in your own house that you made is, is better or worse. You know, it's kind of hard to tell the I'm exercise say it's better. I'm just going to go with it's better. <laughs> well, it tastes better. It definitely tastes better. <laughs> it may be better for you as well. Uh, and uh, the thing I, the thing I have fallen down on, uh, and, but I hope it's just because of the kids were here and I just didn't feel like I could take the time to really do it is to keep better track of the things I'm doing each day. Because as I told Jerry before, I'm really jealous of the fact that he's got this whole diary every, every week that he can read off what he did like every hour during mm-hmm. the week. And I, I know I woke up some, sometime that day and I'm, I'm, I probably went to sleep that day sometime, but <laughs> who knows what happened in between. <laughs> and there was one thing I was going to add to that. Let's see. What is it? Um, uh, actually, that's for a um, running list of future things to do. So we'll, we'll get to that later. And then, Lindsay, I was excited to actually see that you put goals in here. I'm curious, in terms of 2023, what goals you may have for yourself? Uh, I did skim them and was, you know, and was hoping that there's some book stuff in here. So that's that's what I'm most interested in. But yeah, what 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 goals did you put together for this year? Well, I, I'm kind of doing a whole um, 12 week year. I'm just going to focus on 12 weeks instead of. The whole year um so at least for the first 12 weeks i'm going to write at least twice a week um, i generally have two days off from the store um, per week so i'm gonna make sure i get writing in on those days um, anything more than that is just kind of a bonus um, i would love to publish later this fall uh but we'll we'll have to see i need to I really need to get back into the groove um, and I, I want to do it slow. I don't want to, you know, rush in full speed ahead and then produce garbage. So um, I'm going to kind of take that slow. Um, 
I want to get into the gym three times a week. So far this year, I've failed miserably, um, <laughs> but I've also been working a lot, you know, with the holidays and retail and now inventory. So when things slow down, um, I should be able to, starting next week, get into the gym three times a week. Um, 10,000 steps a day, every day, so far so good. I've gotten closer to 10,500, 11,000 every day. Um, just continue to eat clean. Um, I Okay, so I'm not a large person, I never have been, but I'm larger than I'm comfortable being. And um, I have been eating clean for seven weeks and five days. And I told my husband today was the first day that I got out of the shower and I didn't feel like a walrus. So <laughs> considering that a huge win, um, but I just feel better. My brain feels better. I, I just feel better all around um, eating clean. Um, I, I, like I talked about earlier, I want to read one book per week. Um, I just finished The Lost Apothecary. And today I start the ever popular Verity. Everybody's talking about Verity. You got to read Verity. You got to read Verity. So I'm starting that today. Um, and I mean, really 2022, like I've said before, it was just about simplifying my life. I had too many irons in the fire. I was just kind of running ragged and it, it just wasn't, um, just wasn't positive. Um, so I stopped everything really, and just kind of took note on what was most important, um, just so that I can focus on those things. And it turns out that those things are reading, writing, and my health. Um, so that's what I'm going to do for the year. Those are, those are my big goals. Yeah. I think, I think most of the problem that almost everybody has is that we're always so busy. We don't ever have a, a chance to sit down and reflect mm -hmm. about what it is we're so busy about mm -hmm. and whether we really want to be doing that or not. And yeah. I know that's my problem. I just, because I, I, I'm, I'm a people please. It's really weird. My Enneagram is I'm a type four, which is a thinker, which essentially means I like to do research. I like to gather information and I don't care if I share with it, share it with anybody or not, which would tend to make you think that I'm not interested in interacting with people. But on the other hand, I'm a real people pleaser. And if somebody wants me to do something, I have a horrible time saying no. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the battle I always fight is, you know, can I, can I say no to this person or not? And you know, you know, when you're married, generally, if your wife wants you to do something, you can't really say no. What you got to do is you got to go up. Yeah, you have to upfront say like I did for this year. Look, is it okay if I try to schedule our lives this way? Where I have four hours every morning when I wake up, no matter when I wake up, because I often have insomnia and don't get up till late in the morning. Can I have four hours that you know I just don't have to do anything? And yeah, you know, so she signed off on that. So I'm hoping for 2023 that I'll have a little bit better uh, productivity than I did in 2022. Because 2022, it was just trying to patch it together all the yeah. time. And the eating yeah. clean, I think, is going to help a lot because uh, I've done this periodically through my life where I've gone through these long stretches where I've been uh, vegetarian or vegan or, you know, just, just tried to eat uh, organic foods and stuff. And it does. Yeah. It makes you feel better. It, it really does. Better. And, it's, and if it's, it's psychological, surprising. who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think no, it, it is really though. Matter. I think that I think that it, you know, like on a cellular level, things change when you eat clean. Um, I read a book, and I'm looking now for the name of it. Um, 
just give me one second. It was this amazing author and she did talk about how food um, affects you. It like actually changes your genes. Um, mm -hmm. And so you see like obese parents and you think, well, that kid's going to be obese and more than likely they are. Um, but there's ways that they can change that. And it starts with the food that you eat. Um, and I, I can't find the name of the book right now. Um, but I'll have to, I'll have to have Jerry post it, um, in the show notes. It, it was just, it was really, really interesting. And her two, um, biggest things to avoid are vegetable oils and sugar. Um, and she, she really went into depth and some of it was a bit heavy and I just had to scan through it because I'm mm -hmm. not a science person. Um, and so it was a little bit too heavy for me to read and really deeply understand. Um, but I got the gist of it, you know, right. um, and, and just how these different chemicals change your body. And so right. now when I look at, you know, like M&Ms, I would eat M&Ms by the handful. All I can think is, oh my gosh, that's poison. That's like, I'm, I'm willingly poisoning my body. You know, why would I do that? This is the only one that I'm going to get. So it was, oh. I think that's kind of, it was almost like, um, I don't want to say scare tactic, but it really put food into perspective for me. Okay, you had to go there because in the last two days I've eat, eaten an entire family size bag of M and M's all by myself. <laughs> You're poisoning yourself, Rich. Make it stop. <laughs> I ate like twenty five Hershey Kisses today. So good. That's equivalent. That's equivalent. So good. Yeah. I mean, for people that don't know, Lindsay. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Hershey Kisses were probably better than the M and M's because the M and M's have those food uh, dyes, um, which true. are terrible. For, for people don't know, who don't know, um, refresh us on what you write and like what you've published so far. Um, I write contemporary romance. Um, it is quite steamy. Um, I have one book published right now called Reluctant Heart. Um, I think it's a fantastic book and I love my characters. I'm currently writing book two. Um, so when I started writing book one, the main character, um, the hero, actually, I guess hero, I don't know, main character who's a guy, he conveniently has five sisters, uh, or four sisters, rather. And so each of the next books are going to be about his sisters. And they're all very different. Um, I'm writing right now, book two is about kind of the sister that he's closest to. Um, she is very needy and um, almost can't be without a boyfriend. She doesn't know what to do with herself if she doesn't have a boyfriend. And so she comes on very strong and it generally pushes the, her, her, you know, boyfriends away. Um, so it's just kind of how she finds that one person who can handle it, can handle her neediness and her, um, clinginess and, and things like that. Um, she's a little annoying, uh, <laughs> but I love her. And, um, I'm, I always want to make sure that my female characters um, aren't aren't um, dependent on a man, I guess you could say, which sounds very feminist of me. Um, but I think that I'm an independent person and, you know, my husband was in the army and he deployed a lot and I raised our family essentially by myself and I had to fix things and I had to learn to do things. And I hate reading books where women are, you know, they, they almost like they date men just for the things that they can do for them. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want my characters to be like that. So I think that this character is growing and learning how to be self-sufficient while still being in a relationship. So I just, I just want to make sure my characters are nice and strong. So, so you wrote the first book from a male perspective and now you're writing from a female perspective, which do you find easier? Well, I mean, the first book, it was the male and the female. So I have, okay. I, I kind of go back and forth in the chapter. So you had two POVs. Right, right. Okay. Um, but definitely writing in a man's point of view is really hard for me. Um, there was a lot of times, you know, like our mom was our editor and she would say, like a guy wouldn't say that. You're making him uh-huh. sound like a girl. A guy would not <laughs> say that. Um and so then I would ask my husband, and then of course my husband's all like, like uber masculine, and so he would give me some ridiculous response that you know <laughs> didn't make sense. Like usually, well, does she have a nice ass? You know, something yeah. like that. Um, so he was no help. So um, writing in a male's point of view is is really difficult because I'm not one, and um, you guys don't think logically sometimes. I always like to say, I always like to say that we are just, I'm a very simple person. You like, are just, it doesn't take much to please me. Just, I'm a, just, you know, if you're ever struggling to come up with that, just think simple. Well, I also think too, that you would be the most boring character in a book because you're so simple. Me specifically? So, oh, okay. What's that? He, me specifically? Yeah, you specifically. So like if, probably true. So like if I try to if I try to make my character be like, oh, what would Jerry do? Well, Jerry would sit on the couch and watch Eat Hershey Kisses and watch <laughs> Perry Mason. Watch Perry Mason. And I just can't have a, a you know a character do that. So you know, I appreciate your suggestions, but I might have to go a different way. Right. You look you look genuinely shocked at that, Jerry, when she said that. <laughs> Well, the problem is, is that I'm writing a book right now where I'm the main character. Uh, uh, so, ooh, interesting. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to fluff it up a little bit. I'm gonna have to embellish, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked that of you, Lindsay, is because, interestingly enough, I uh, I write from both male and female perspectives, POVs, and mm-hmm. I I personally find the writing from a a female POV much easier, much more natural for some odd reason. And people, uh, people tell me they, they like my female characters because they are not, I I don't know if this is a great way to describe it, but they're not girly. You know, they're, they're people. They're just normal people with normal feelings and stuff like that. When I start writing from a male perspective, it's just difficult for me to not write me. You know, mm. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. Just I don't in, want to write. Give in yeah. like I did. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to write. I don't want to write me because me is not necessarily what the world needs more of. You know? so. <laughs> That's where we disagree. See, I feel like I'm the person that the world needs more of. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, it's like Mel Gibson. He's the same actor in every movie. So I feel like Mel Gibson is Mel Gibson, whether he's acting or whether he's not, because. I made that comment a few weeks ago about uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Same thing. Really? He's always Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I'm okay I, with it. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> okay. this, the same kind of quips. And the reason why what brought this up is I, as I watched a uh, a really early movie of his, well before the uh, the superhero movies 
it was called uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And, okay. and he was he was the same guy. He was the same Iron Man yeah. guy. He was in on, that movie. He was on Ally McBeal for one season and he was the exact same guy. Yeah. He was in a movie called Chances Are with Sybil Shepherd. Um, same mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you're okay with that. So yeah. Oh, I am so okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> Mel Gibson. <laughs> but give me yeah. some Dr. Donnie Jr. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> All right. In terms of my 2023 goals, I do have a couple changes I'm going to make. And I feel like I'm seven days in to the year. I did the math earlier. I'm 1.9% into the year. So I feel like I can make a change right now if I want to and, and not count it as a failed goal. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this Facebook thing that Sean Inman talked about that I would love to be able to do. Um, I did a couple posts over right around Christmas. Um, I did the the knife set that I got and I did uh, something else. I don't remember what it was. Oh, the elf on a shelf. And it got really good reactions. But so then I sat down the Sunday after Christmas to, okay, let's try to schedule something. Let's try. And I just, I had no want to sit down and do that. Um, I couldn't have been more bored. I think it's probably good to do. I think it would probably help me, but it's just not something I want to do. And I've heard lots of people say this. And I tend to agree if there's, I believe it was um, Alf. Speaking of Alf, there was an episode of Alf where he said to Lynn, I believe, he said, find the things you don't like doing and just don't do them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really good advice. So I believe I'm going to go ahead and as we speak right now, I'm highlighting and I'm deleting. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. I'm, go- I'm going to, for the last time, I'll repeat the advice that I gave you last time we talked, I, I think, or time before, which is you tell me you Snapchat multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. You just need to take those videos and just post them. You can post them on your Facebook page. You can post them on Instagram. You can do it. You don't have to do a thing. Just so, put the video out there. Here's the thing about Snapchat. Snapchat there's, usually. There's no record. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, so I don't Snapchat every day, but I do it probably three or four times on certain days. Snapchat is literally just a, a, a certain a way for me to talk to people on Snapchat that I don't necessarily mm-hmm. talk to. If I see something funny and I think of Lindsay, I put it on Snapchat in my story knowing she's going to look at it. And I don't care what the rest of the people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people that follow me on Snapchat that I do that for. So a lot of the things that I put up there would not make a lot of sense as a Facebook post. But it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. Though. You're still... You're still um talking with your audience whether they know what you're talking about or not your voice is still out there you're you're still communicating in some way and the and the other the other assumption that's wrong there is that anything else that's out there makes sense on social media none of it does (laughs) this three-person podcast i feel like i'm getting ganged up on here um (laughs) so i'm telling you right now i'm not gonna do it i i don't i just don't want to i don't i also don't want to handle the the Facebook stuff, the comments. I just, I don't, I don't really just want to. Well, life is too short to do things you don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. So so here are two things that I am going to do that I've added to my, my 2023 goals. I've been thinking about this for a few months now. I really want to change my website. Um, I love everything that Caro did for us. Um, The support that she gave us was phenomenal. Um, There were times where I would email her. And instead of her emailing me back, she would just log into the web website because I never deleted her as an admin and just make the change for me. Mm. Um, but I have certain things in my head that I want my website to look like. And with the theme that I, that I have right now, it's really hard for me to do. Um, one of the big hesitancies that I, I have had for, for the last three or four years of of writing the website myself was that I don't know how to make pretty websites. Um, I For the last 12 years of my – actually, I would say since – 
1997, yeah, when I started working as a, a computer programmer for a living, everything that I've ever had to make has been functional. All I had to do was work. It didn't matter what it looked like. You know, at my last job, I spent 11 years writing stuff for the people in the building. So who cares what it looked like? In March of this year at my new job, I wrote my very first ever customer facing app and it is beautiful. Um, what, what I had to do though, is I had to have the art people in the building design it for me uh, because I wouldn't have known, Hey, make that line gold. And it looks fantastic, but I would have never known that. I don't, right. I don't see like pretty colors unless I see them, but to come up with them myself just isn't going to happen. Um, so so I think I'm going to try to write my own website. I went in today and I bought jerryevanoffauthor.com. And what I'm probably going to do is over the next six months to a year or three months, whatever it takes, I'm going to make a, a, a really simple website that just has like a books page, a contact me page, an about section. For each series, there'll be a page. And for each book in the series, there'll be a page. Um, the, the nice thing about doing um, the sign-up stuff is that MailerLite does that stuff for you. They give you the code for forms. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't have to write that. I'm going to use a, a programming language called React. It's a JavaScript library that I taught myself back in March when I wrote this first pro, uh, customer-facing program. I'm not in a hurry to publish it. I'm not in a hurry, but I would like to get it out there before the second book in this series is done because I want to make sure that I can easily make changes to it. That's the big thing that I'd be losing uh, by doing this myself is that this stuff is, you know, the stuff that Kara gave us is really easy to go in and make changes to for the most mm -hmm. part. Um, and the support that I get from her is great. Um, and But I really would like to have this as my own thing. So I'm going to probably over time build some pages, uh, build them locally, look at them locally. Then when I'm ready to see them online, uh, put them on jerryevanoffauthor.com. And then when I'm ready to actually convert over to the new one, just take down jerryevanoff.com and then have it auto redirect to jerryevanoffauthor. And then I have two URLs that go to the same place. And it's an easy way for me to kind of transition to a new one. Um, this is something I'm going to do. Uh, this is not a goal. I'm going to fail. I really want this done. <laughs> so I, I may have missed something. Mm -hmm. Why is it that you're not just working with the current structure you have from Caro? Why not it, just work? It doesn't give me the look and feel that I want. I wish there was a, a more, uh, as Lindsay said, simple, um, simplified, um, WordPress theme. But even in that case, you know, I, I, here, let me just go there right now. I'm going to go to my website right now as we speak. So the the, the first, let's what, see. I mean, you, you, Word, you know, WordPress has just recently sure. released a block a block theme. I don't know if you know, saw that or not, um, where, you know, it's, it's supposedly going to be the last theme that ever needs to be released by WordPress, where you can just basically do, kind of do what, what you're talking about, I guess, you know, build a customized page, look, have it look exactly the way you want, but you don't have to do all the, all the programming behind it. Now I know you're a programmer and you can do it. So maybe that's why you really want to do it. It's really why I want to do it. Yeah. I want to okay. control everything. Okay. Um, I also don't mind it. Um, you know, the theme I have now, the, the, the top, I don't know. I have a 27 inch monitor in front of me and the top two thirds of the page is taken up by the scrolling banner. Um, I really would rather just have a quick banner at the top, something about me, maybe a picture of me, whatever, and then just the books. And, okay. then, and then on the right side, I want to have a sign up link for, for free book or whatever I happen to be doing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, and, and I made some changes to this page and it was a little tougher than I wanted it to be. Um, and I just know that if I wrote the code, it, it reminds me of my days at my old job where if I wrote the code, making changes was easy. If somebody else wrote it, I had to then go in and oh, investigate sure. 
how to make the change first before I actually made the change. And I really just, I just want to have this on my, it's, this is also, this is really, really great for a newer author or someone who just doesn't want to put the time in to make their own website. Um, I don't want something. I will never desert you. (laughs) Oh, and believe me, this is, I'm not saying anything negative or bad toward toward what she did. What she did is fantastic. And her, her, um, Her website and all our information about her is in our show notes every week. And if you're looking for a website and believe me, in terms of price, it was fantastic. Um, You know, you get discounts through Mark Dawson. You can get discounts through 20 books. Uh, There's always codes for her. I would tell everybody to go do it. Um, I'm just to the point now where I think I just want to build something on my own and, uh, and use it. So just remember to do it makes it, makes it better. I noticed though, that you haven't changed your about information. (laughs) No, I think Ever. that's about as much. That's I think that's pretty fair for what people need here. I'm just going to read it real quick. Um, he, he is boring. It's, a, it's a Q&A, <laughs> actually. His about is a Q&A. So question, <laughs> question one, is Jerry a human being? Answer, as far as you know, and that's the only question that's on there. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's pro- that'll probably carry over to the new web page, new website. Ready. Uh, the, the only the only uh, nugget I want to drop in there on you, and you, I'm, I'm sure you know this. Uh, some of the more recent surveys that have come out in terms of about people buying books is that 95 plus percent of people buy books off of mobile devices. So you want to design and everything for mobile. Forget about computer screens. Me, you. And I mean, my mother doesn't even use a computer anymore. It's so weird how I, I'll get into this when I talk about my addicted, but let's just say the thing that I'm doing with my addicted, I am only using my computer for And when my buddy, Sean, who I constantly text now the last seven days about this, all he does is use apps. And I keep telling him, I don't use the apps. I like going to my computer and using it. Um, I'll get into that a little bit more because it's a funny story, but I don't want to drop okay. any, in, in my opinion, it's a funny story. So, um, the other thing that okay. I have to worry about though, is the podcast, because I'm not going to put the podcast on jerryevanoff.com when I'm done. I'm going to, I have newauthor.com and I'm going to make that work also. So those are, right. that's, those are right. kind of the long-term plans for this year. And I want, again, I want it to be earlier in the year than later, because I want to, I want to be ready for when I get my assembly line of books going. And that's kind of what I'm calling that this year is like the assembly line. Um, right. which I'll get into in a little bit. And I've talked about it. And, before, and, and you're right. We don't want to talk about this too much more because I see there's information about golf coming up. So let's, uh, oh, let's I'm move sure on to that. Lindsay's excited. Actually, um, <laughs> so the other the other new goal I'm adding to my to my 2023 goals is I want to get my paperbacks. So, so when I come out to start um, uh, publishing the, the first book in this murder mystery series, I, I kick around all the time. Kindle Limited versus Wide. And I'm going to go Kindle Limited. I know I am. But I still kick it around and think about it. I... I read a Christine Catherine Rush blog post um, about how how much she loved 20 books this year compared to the past, where um, um, it was a lot of Kindle Limited Amazon talk, but this year there was like something for everybody. If you didn't want to do Amazon, you didn't have to. If you want to sell on your own website, you could. There was a ton of different things at 20 books this year, uh, uh, Vegas this year about that. And I read that and I'm like, yeah, she's so right. I would love to go wide, but I know or I'm very confident that my readers are Kindle Unlimited, and that's where I'm going to make the, the majority of my money. Uh, I could be wrong about that. And if it didn't work, I could go wide with it after a couple months or a year or whatever it is. But I'm fairly confident that that um, Kindle Unlimited is where it is for me, at least. So, But the one thing I don't have is I don't have my paperbacks anywhere else. And there's nothing that says I can't put them into draft to digital and try to sell them everywhere. So that is another thing that I want to do this year is I want to get my paperbacks out, put paperbacks out there um, on the other sites. And I'll probably use draft to digital to do that. 
What makes you think that your potential audience for these murder mysteries is Kindle Unlimited? Because all the information I've seen is that Kindle Unlimited is the people that, that, that do well there are romance authors. These romance authors are voracious. Fantasy authors, because fantasy uh, books are tomes and they cost a ton if you're going to buy them separately. Uh, but that murder mystery and some of the other genres do much better if they're not in Kindle Unlimited. So right, I was so just wondering what makes you think that. The first part of your question was flawed where you said research. I have done none. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have the, um, I do have the uh, Kalytics thing that I got, I believe in October about murder mystery. So maybe there's going to be some stuff in there about it. Um, to me, it's like a binge reading type thing. And it's the same as romance where, okay. you know, it's a shorter book. I think a lot of these people that, that read it, download it and read it, you know, in a day, they get through it quickly. And I believe that, okay. that murder mysteries are similar to romance in that the way that they're read. But again, okay. no research to back that up. That's kind of what I think okay. now. And, and if, if I'm proven wrong between when I now and when I go to publish it, I'll happily make it wide. I don't care either way. I just think that for me, as of now, the money, the money is actually in Kindle. Okay. But I need to get my paperbacks out there somewhere else I, other than just Amazon. And I'm able to do that. And it's easy to do sure. with Drafted Digital. So. Sure, yeah. Um, that is all I have in terms of updating my 2023 goals. Uh, let me jump into my news. Uh, Rich, you and I exchange a couple um, Facebook Messenger posts about this that I'm yeah. not going to get too much into. Because the last thing I want to do is come on here and talk negative about something. I hate doing that, especially somebody who's in the community that we're in. Um, mm. But I also have always said that I will be honest on this podcast. I finished reading the Dean Wesley Smith Locked Room. I'm sorry, I finished watching the Dean Wesley Smith Locked Room Mystery Pop-Up Course. Paid 150 for it. Um, I know last time we talked about it, I told you that it wasn't really what I expected. Although, what could I have expected? Because when, when Dean Wesley Smith does these talks, he doesn't like prepare slides and go through and give you A, B, C, D style tips. He just gets up and talks. I've kind of determined that I don't really like that style. When I go to 20 Books Vegas, I love when somebody has slides and they go through each one. And, you know, instead of just getting up in there and talking, I think um, some of the people that do that, not all of them, believe me. And I think Dean Wesley Smith isn't one of them. I think that there are people who get up there and don't know what they're going to say and they just start talking and you can tell they haven't prepared. He's obviously prepared because he's been doing it for so long and, and been giving the talks for so long. But I really wasn't happy with the um, pop the, the locked room mystery pop, of course. Um, I'm not going to get into the comments specifically that I made to you, but I will say that if you don't, it, it made it sound like if you plot, your book is going to suck because of the number of times he said, you have to write into the dark. You have to write into the dark. I don't believe that that's true. I believe people can do it any way they want. And I was kind of disappointed with the number of times I got the impression that if you, where he was telling me, if you plot, your book's going to suck. And right. uh, I didn't like that. Um, so, you know, you know, get it at your own peril. If you like it, if you, if you write into the dark, if you, if you're a pantser, feel free to get it. I don't, I did learn a few things in there. I have some notes I have to still go through and I'll probably watch it again. Um, just to make sure that I got everything I needed to get, but I don't think it was worth $150. I think one thing I will say, I, I, and you know, I've gone through a number of those courses by, uh, uh, Dean and Christine, uh, number one, Christine's much better at it than Dean is. Uh, she's just got a better style. Uh, number two, if you, if you go through a couple of them, two or three of them, uh, you've gone through them all because they basically repeat the same themes over and over again. Uh, some of the genre related courses, they will maybe uh, give details about 
you know, the, the, uh, the uh, tropes and things that need to be in there. But uh, I think, especially since about a month ago, you're, if you're a writer, you're much better picking up John Truby's book. I did. I haven't opened it yet, but I do have it sitting right there on my coffee table. I just haven't opened it yet. The amount of detail and the amount of explanation he goes uh, in, it goes through in that book for each of the genres is going to be much better than any online course you get. So, and plus it's right there in black and white. You can always refer to it. Right. Um, 20 books tickets are on sale. I don't know if you guys saw that. Lindsay, are you getting those emails? No. Huh? I wonder if he only sent it to people who went to 2020, 2022. Probably. Um, but 2023 are on sale. Um, quite the price hike, which, I think I said, as I said to you, Rich, last time, I hope a lot of that money, go, extra money goes to the audiovisual team right. because the YouTube videos, some of them are really terrible. Um, uh, it's three forty nine now. And I believe at the end, wait, I have, do I have the email open right here? Yeah, I have the email open right here. So it's three forty nine um, until on February 1st, it goes to three ninety nine, And on July 31st, it goes to four ninety nine, which... I'm not sure why the extra price hike. I'm guessing prices went up in Vegas because prices always go up in Vegas. Usually Craig's um, pretty transparent about the price hike. Like he, what he it probably is. has been. Um, I don't know if I've read everything. Oh. Yeah, I haven't seen him him talk about that at all. And I also think that that is going to cause them a problem. Uh, I can see upping it once. You have an early bird price and then you have the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Johnny Come Lately price. To jump at 100 bucks, the closer you get, is going to essentially mean people just won't be signing up for it. Yeah, yeah, the uh, early which, birds will, but yeah, if you're yeah, if you're right. in no, if you're in September trying to decide, four ninety nine is a big deal. Right, right. Um, which right now is where I'm at. I'm I am not going to sign up for it, and as far as I know, I will not be going. Uh, you know, even if I I wasn't going to sign up early bird because I don't know I will be out in California sometime this this year, towards the end of the year to visit my son and daughter in law, but. Uh, yeah, at five hundred bucks, I don't think. I, at least at this stage in in my writing and my career, I don't think I need to pay five hundred bucks in order to get that information mm-hmm. so that you get there. I will be going, uh, but I will be probably purchasing it next Friday when I get paid. I'll probably be going and get my right. ticket now. But if I didn't get it now, three ninety nine would probably be doable. But if again, like I said, if it was August thirty first. Is there a 31 in August, August 30th, whatever. If, if it was the end of August and I was trying to decide if I was going to go, I don't know if I would do it for 499. Yeah. Um, uh, I talked about my bonus scene. Uh, so I'll just skip past that. But, you yeah. know, especially what- when you think, you know, when you think about those, all those videos and stuff, <laughs> assuming they do them right, eventually go up online. You can see them anyways. So what you're really paying for is for the uh, the networking and the personal contact with people. And I just don't like people that much. You know, <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't want to be with them that much. So. I, I'm with you. It was so funny when Lindsay went in 20, when did you go? 2021. 2021. Yeah, 2021. Yeah, 2021. When you went in 2021, I was a lot more outgoing and talking to people. That's because, you know, you were kind of dragging me around with you. Um, <laughs> although we went to a lot of shows in the evening and really didn't do much at 20 bucks. Uh, but last year I was back to what I am, which is don't really talk to anybody uh, unless they sit down next to you and talk to you first for five minutes before the actual talk starts. And then once mm. it's over, you go your separate ways and you don't talk to them again. Um, plus, the people- plus, plus we have to save that 500 bucks or I have to save that 500 bucks. And just in case Lorna does decide to have that Orkney writing conference. So, 
Oh yeah. And I need that money to go too. Cause I am all in for that. Rich yeah. is talking yeah. about maybe having a writer's conference in Scotland. I love Scotland. So I am back. And, I'm in for that. Uh, uh, somebody, somebody know, actually somebody who I met at the, uh, ori- original 20 books to 50 K that was in Scotland in Edinburgh. Uh, she and her husband and her children just moved to the Orkney islands off the north coast of Scotland. So that would be a fantastic place to go, right? That would be amazing. Especially, yeah. in, especially in the fall because the weather is so horrible, you're going to stay indoors anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love Scotland. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Except for the week we went, Rich, in 2019, where it was like unbearably, not unbearably, unseasonably hot the entire time. Yeah, that, that I got was so actually. Many, I got golfing. It was great. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> um, and then uh, I talked about my bonus scene, so I can just kind of skip past that. And then the last thing, I really want to talk about this oh, based on um, Paul Teague's podcast that came out today, where he's talking about uh, the, the different software tools he uses. And he had mentioned uh, this podcast like he normally does. And he mentioned you know, how I tend to jump back and forth sometimes, which is something I've been doing for the last couple of years between writing software, four different pieces of writing software. And um, I just want to bring in, bring up, uh, bring up to, to currently where I'm at with it. And I am using Scrivener now full time. Uh, I am, I, my, my Dropbox is holding the live version. So when I open it on either computer, it opens from Dropbox. So I'm always updating it. And then I have backups going out each time I close it, whether it's on my personal computer, my, you know, my tower in my house or my laptop, with, which I'm taking with me. So I'm pretty happy about that, um, that that's where I'm at. And I'm curious what you guys are using to write with. I use Word, I'm still on Microsoft Scrivener. Word. Yeah, I use Scrivener and probably always will use Scrivener. Uh, it, it meets my needs. I like I like the way it's laid out. I like what you can do with it. I use probably ten percent of it, maybe if if even that. And I don't worry about the the formatting issues that you can have with it because I always export things out to Vella and I format out of Vella. So. Vellum, right? Vellum. 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 Yeah. You're Vellum publishing. You're formatting yeah. in Vellum. You're publishing in Vellum. In Vella, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're using Word, Lindsay. Is there ever? I mean, do you like it? Do you do you find it that it does what you need to do? And you had Scrivener. Yeah. You bought it. Would you ever go back to it? No, I never bought Scrivener. I did a oh, like a seven day trial or whatever. Oh, okay. It was just too much. It was. It wasn't. I'm not a computer person, and so I need things to be very simple. I open up my Microsoft Word. And I start typing, um, and I like that. Do you keep everything in one file, or do you have separate chapter files, or how do you organize that? I have the I have the whole manuscript, Jerry's favorite word, in one Palamp- file. Olympus. 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 Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but um, whenever I do drafts, I will. I'll I'll make like a draft one, draft two. Um, so that I can keep track of where I am. Um, but basically the whole, the whole book is in one, just one folder. Okay. There, there is in one folder, but in one file basically. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there is a, this is back from my days in, in academia. There is a feature in Microsoft that very few people know about, or it doesn't get played up a lot. Uh, and it's, it's called master document and you can have, for example, your chapters in separate files. And yet you can create what's called a master document where this master document pulls in all the separate files oh. uh, to have them all in one place, if you want to do that. Yeah, uh, I can't I'll remember exactly how, how. Yeah, see if, see if you can Google that, see if that's still a feature. But that was, I've, I used that a number of times when I was putting together 
you know, reports that were hundreds of pages long and I just didn't want to deal with the slow load times yeah. and stuff that you can get in, in Microsoft Word. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. I made a note. Interesting. All right, that um, that is all the news I have. Uh, Lindsay, let's go on to your big news. My big news is I don't really have news yet. I'm getting still getting the hang of 2023 and I'm just going to make it simple. <laughs> yep, that sounds good. My news is a little bit off the writing topic, but it's, it's you know actually pertinent to all writers. Uh, and this is the idea of dealing with all your passwords that you have for all your different accounts and different you know web apps and things like that. I have, after some research and after seeing some posts in about LastPass, which has been my go-to password manager forever now, they had a, a hack uh, some time ago, I think back in August. They've been very... I guess the best way to say it is unforthcoming about what happened during that hack. hack. Uh, and people, it's, it's not clear whether or not they actually gained, uh, the hackers actually gained access to your passwords or not. They don't have access to your, uh, to your master password, but that doesn't mean they didn't serve, they didn't get past uh, last pass security in order to get down into your vault, what they call the vault, mm -hmm. in order to get the passwords for the different sites that you use. So I'm dumping LastPass. I'm moving over to something called Bitwarden, which is supposed to be a lot better than LastPass in terms of security. Uh, it's going to be a pain in the ass to, to, to move stuff over. The actual import is not a pain in the ass, but if there indeed was a lot of... Uh, compromise in the last pass hack it means i gotta go in and i gotta start changing passwords for everything mm -hmm. um which you know i don't really care so much about for 90 percent of the stuff that i have but there's that last 10 percent, including all my financial accounts that i need to get in there and you know resecure somehow mm -hmm. so that that's going to probably occupy at least part of my writing time this week is trying to get that all straightened out is there a is there a big price difference between uh, bitwarden and LastPass? Um, no, in fact, there's a price decrease. Uh, Bitwarden for a person for personal use, kind of like what me and you would use, is ten bucks a year. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. What was LastPass? I can't even remember, but it was like forty or something, forty-seven, oh. something like that. Maybe it's like yeah, forty forty-seven ninety-nine. Is it that much? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did two things in 2014 when I came back from visiting Lindsay in Hawaii. I immediately signed up for LastPass. I've been using it ever since. And I immediately signed up for Molly Nick because I hate cleaning my bathroom. And uh, <laughs> still use both of them to this day. I read about the hack also. From what I saw, the passwords weren't compromised. And in fact, don't you don't they have to aren't they encrypted and the, the encryption is the decryption key is on your local computer, your local device. So it would be tough for them to even unencrypt your password decrypt your well password. for for the master password that's true the question is whether or not that they somehow got beyond that layer uh at, you know I don't, I don't necessarily understand the details of how this works you probably do more than me uh, but there was on facebook a couple of posts by at least somebody who claims to be an it security guy who was strongly urging people to to move when you uh, lost me when you said on facebook yeah yeah well <laughs> I, I, you know, I looked him up. He is indeed what he okay, says good, he is. Good, good, good. Well, you know what? Way to yeah. do something that most people don't do. Research on Research. what you read. That's right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's that, that's uh, that four Enneagram yeah. that, that's in you. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. exactly. And, and he said that, I mean, I mean, you know, he was up front. He goes, you know, uh, 99 out of 100 people don't have to worry about this. Uh, but do you want to be that one person? 
that suddenly loses control of all their financial accounts and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and personally, I don't want to do it. I have enough stress in my life as it is. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm on the Bitwarden uh, so, yeah, site. So that's my it's, news. It's a pretty interesting site. Um, they put a lot of information on there. On Bitwarden? Yeah. I went to Bitwarden.com yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. 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 Couldn't you say that that they're, you know, you had mentioned that they seem to be more secure. Could you say that they're more secure until they get hacked and then they're just like, Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. It just reminds me of like, you know, my mom and dad have Verizon and I have AT&T. I had Verizon and I hated it. And I love AT&T. I'm sure there are people out there who have AT&T, but they hate it. So they're going to switch to Verizon. Right. You know, I just switched to T-Mobile because I hate AT&T. Like literally yeah. last week I switched to T-Mobile. Yeah. See, I like AT&T. It does, it's really good for me. In terms of what I need, so yeah, it's weird. Well, I mean, works, so you know how computer security is. It's a cat and mouse game. You oh know? yeah. And then, so mm-hmm. and it's going to be like that forever. The hackers and are always one step ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know if one step ahead, but you know, it, it, it's it's a back and forth, and yeah, I, you know, eventually, if enough, if if there's enough people on Bitwarden, they'll go after it, and that's one yeah. of the reasons why they went after LastPass. Would be my guess is there's so many people that use it. Uh, all right. Uh, Rich, running list of future things to do. Yes. Um, let's see. I was going to add a couple of things. Um, I have nothing down here. I think I talked about stuff. Oh, well, I talked about the, the habit formation, which is really was is the core of my running list of future things to do. But there's, as I was sitting there in the uh, French truck coffee house, I decided that I'm going to look into getting myself an espresso machine. Oh, and not only that, but I'm going to look into getting myself a coffee bean roaster and mm. start roasting my own coffee beans. Uh, and part of this is because my daughter-in-law's uncle, uh, my daughter-in-law is is uh, is ethnic Chinese. Her family's from Hong Kong, and her father her father's uh, English or not father her her uncle's uh, English name they took on when he came. Uh, to the U.S. was Sam, so everybody calls him Uncle Sam, which he thinks is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but but he does this. He roasts small batches of beans uh, right right to his specifications, and he has his own espresso machine. She says he's never learned to do anything on it but make lattes. But I will, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to investigate that. So that's a future a future thing for me can, to do. Can you do me one favor though? If you ever make sure. a YouTube video, can you not spend thirty to forty five seconds? With the microphone right beside every step of making coffee and make that the intro. That drives okay. me insane. Or the whole backstory about the coffee. Yes. And why the coffee just, and who the coffee and Yes. I, don't I was just care. Gonna, I was just gonna go back. I was just gonna say I'll start off by you know, back when I was six and my mother first decided I needed to if you start talking about one one Valdez, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> Actually did I one of my posts was about Juan Valdez that I made the face. Maybe, <laughs> made that's, the why, face maybe that's why my, it's in my head. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, the, the other thing on my running list of future things to do is to research getting a new phone. And one of the, uh, the major things I need, I think, since I'm going to be doing this Instagram thing and, and other social media, is I need to get a phone with a, with a very decent camera. I'm, you know, I've been running off this old Android for like the last seven years. And I, I can't even update it anymore because the hardware is so obsolete. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna have to look into that. I don't wanna get necessarily go to Apple. I like Apple products, That's, but uh, iPhones are a little bit pricey for me. I don't wanna spend quite that much when I could buy you know, a DSLR camera that's so much better for, for the same price. 
Uh, and also we're gonna need a new laptop because we're work working off one old laptop that me and my wife share. And there's starting to be a little bit of competition because she found a, uh, a program to help her design quilts. And now she's always designing quilts. So whenever I'm, I can't take it with me anywhere because she's using it to design quilts. <laughs> and she hates to use I'm sitting here in front of a, a 27 inch iMac and she loathes it. She will not use it if, if she doesn't have to. So. Um, I know who she can talk to if she ever has questions about quilts. Yeah. Considering the fact that Lindsay's old bedroom currently holds a $10,000 sewing machine. And my old bedroom ah. currently, my old bedroom currently holds a long arm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. She, my mom. She, yeah. She, she might want to do that because yeah, yeah, she's, she's kind of like on the cusp of, of going the, the long arm route. Uh, but uh, up, up to this point, she just fights with the machine she's got in order to jam everything underneath it in order to do the quilting part. <laughs> I, I think the part she enjoys the most is, is all the piecing. And so that's not a big deal on a regular sewing machine, but uh, yeah, it's you know, the putting the rest together that, yeah. uh, that gets her. So we'll have to, we'll have to connect them on Facebook. Yeah. yeah introduce cool. her to the idea of the mystery quilt, which yes. Yeah. It's, the mystery just ended, I believe, earlier this week, and now the quilt can be put together. It's ah, an interesting okay. thing that she follows someone, I believe, on Twitter. I'm not sure if it's Twitter or Facebook, that gives out like a clue each month or each week, and then you have to go in and kind of build the little pattern. And then at the end, you figure yeah. out what the entire pattern should look like. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm actually repeating this and doing it knowledgeably, but I've heard about what, it. She works with this group of women in, in town. Uh, they, they've got a name which is hilarious. They call themselves the Wasted Women, and it's because they use waste fabric <laughs> uh, to make. And they make quilts. You know, they make like quilts of valor and things like that. That you know, they give away. So, you know, here we are. Uh, we're living in, in a part of the country where you know, ten out of twelve months, it's over ninety degrees, and all these women are making quilts. <laughs> in a way, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, I assume but, they're just sending them to their their children and their grandchildren who have moved to a colder climate. The, the they're, no, they're just, they're just giving them away to organizations. Oh, nice. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Um, in terms of my running list of future things to do, it's, you know, it's the same as it's been for the last month or so. Um, new podcast.com. I talked about doing something with that already, but now I kind of have a, I don't have a timing down, but I kind of have a plan for it. And then uh, Paul Teague sent, sent out the, the Matthew J. Holmes Jumpstart Your Amazon Ads course. He said it's the best ads course he's ever seen, better than any of the ones we see at 20 books. And um, he's doing it now. And I'll, his podcast is coming back now, at least over the next six or seven months. So I will be following it. If I do any marketing for this book, which I probably will have to at first, it'll be starting with this and, uh, and, and taking it right. from there. I, I think, you know, I don't maybe... Uh... I'm thinking too highly of ourselves, but I think uh, me and you can take a little bit of credit for Paul coming back with the podcast because we we only mentioned it like ten times in a row on the podcast. I, I tend to agree <laughs> with that, um, but I will say that he was part, a lot of the reason I started my pod, you know, this podcast back when it was just right. me uh, in the first place. So yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. Right. And he he did say he was surprised when he did drop those, a couple of those bonus episodes about how many people downloaded them. He didn't think anybody would still be around. But, yeah, yeah, I never canceled my feed. I wasn't getting rid of it. No. Um, I love that podcast. I remember telling Joanna Penn in, in 2018 in England 
uh, 20 Books London, I, I saw her and I walked up and I said, you know, I just love your podcast. It is perfect for me to listen to on Monday mornings when I go into the office and sit at my cubicle and start my Monday, start my week. Uh, her voice and, and the way she talks and the content she has is perfect for me. Paul's podcast is perfect for me on a Saturday morning when I'm driving to go write. Like, it gets me in the mood to write as I'm driving. I write for a couple hours at Chick-fil-A or wherever I'm at. And then on my way home, I listen to the end of it and just kind of, it's like a good writing uh, bookends for, for my writing. So. Right. Yeah, and I'm really jealous of the fact that he can talk so fast and never trip over words. He's, <laughs> I, I, I can go extremely slow and still trip over words. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Um, and then in terms of my addicted to, so the correct answer here is gambling, but not in a, not in a oh, my God, he's going to lose his house type way. Um, gambling became legal in Ohio January 1st, uh, meaning now I can do it legally instead of the other ways I did it. And um there, so what they've been doing all week is similar to, I'm assuming what drug dealers do, give you a little taste and then try to hook you in because they've been giving away tons and tons of free bets. So I have three different websites that I'm on, DraftKings, FanDuel, and BetMGM. And every day, me and my buddy Sean go in and we we text each other, oh, uh, DraftKings just dropped this one. And it's like stuff like $50, you can bet max $50. And if the Browns have more than zero passing yards in the game, you double your bet. Well, every single football team in every single game for the history of football have gotten more than zero passing yards. They're doing it just to get you in there. So uh, my plan is to continue through all this freebies and all the stuff that's going on. And then the minute um, all the freebies start to go away, I'm going to pull my money off of two of the sites and just play on one. Football's ending, so I'm not going to be betting as much. But it's just a good time. I sit down. I want to watch a college game or an NBA game. Uh, I'll put 10 bucks on it. It makes it a little bit more fun to so, right. Um, it's, and, and my funny story that I, that I talked about earlier was, so I had I hadn't been to a calling hours in a really long time, um, and I was talking to a friend of mine before it, and she was meeting me there, and um, I was asking her like, "What do we do at calling hours? I don't know what you do." She's like, "Well, you go in, you know, you you walk through the line, you greet the people." So I, you know, I talked to his wife, and and I walked past the casket because I I was walking in with another buddy of mine, John, and he's like. I'm like, I'm not stopping at the cast. He's like, that's fine. I am. You know, he stopped, did a little prayer, that kind of thing. And I just walked past it because I couldn't, I didn't want to look at the dead body. It was just weird to me. And um, so, so you do that. And she said, yeah, you're there like 10 minutes. You know, you walk through the line, you say hello to some people and then you're gone. You're there. It's, it's a 10 minute thing. And, and then I said, oh, okay, that's, that's fine. Uh, knowing that I was going to run into some people that I used to work with. So it was going to be longer than 10 minutes, but that was fine. And then the last thing she said to me was, you do not take your phone in. And I said, but what if Sean texts me about a new free gambling thing I need to do? <laughs> she said, you do not. If you do, you have to mute it. You can't be checking your phone. And I was like, all right. And luckily, I didn't miss anything. But uh. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is you guys are you, Jerry, now live about 150 miles south of where I grew up. And if you mentioned calling hours where I grew up, nobody would know what you were talking about. Nobody here yeah, I said, knows. Who did we, I say we, it to? I said it to we somebody. Call it, we call it vis visitation mm -hmm. is what's, I, what it's called, yeah. I said it to somebody not too long ago, or uh, yesterday, somebody that I work with. I guess he's in Cleveland, though, so it's kind of strange. He had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, I thought I that was a common thing. No, maybe it's just like where we're from. Like sauerkraut and kibasi. I know pork and sauerkraut at New Year's. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Down here they don't do that. They do um, black-eyed peas and collard greens. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have the same anyway. reaction. 
so that's that. Yeah, that was my addicted to. It's gambling, which I think is actually a pretty legit thing to be addicted to, instead of like Perry Mason or golf, like I usually. That's something Luckily, a lot you of don't have a super understand. addictive personality, though. Yeah, yeah. Or 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 a big enough checkbook to support. Yes. More <laughs> like that's it, probably right. right. Yeah. That's, I've always said I am. I don't make enough money to have a gambling problem. Yeah. <laughs> my addicted to is um, my veggie protein morning smoothie. Um, I wake up in the morning and look forward to them, which is odd because vegetables are yucky. Um, but this is my almost daily uh, recipe, and I love it so much. I take two handfuls of baby spinach, one celery stalk, probably about like eight to 10 pieces of asparagus, but I do like only half of it. I don't like the bottom half. I just like the tree part. Um, I do a half a cucumber, half a zucchini, um, two scoops of chocolate protein powder, two scoops of PB fit, um, and a third of a cup of sprouted oats, and then a banana, some water, and some ice. And all I can taste in it, which I'm a super taster, so I taste a lot of things, but really all I can taste in it is the chocolate or the, yeah, the chocolate, the peanut butter and the banana. Um, mm. It is delicious. And yeah, I was going to say, yeah, those, the banana, especially you put banana in any kind of smoothie and that's what you're going to taste. That, yeah, that's so. what I taste. Yeah. Um, I, I will eat zucchini, like if it's roasted with lots of cheese and salt and pepper and stuff. Um, but generally I don't like zucchini. I don't really, I don't like cucumber at all. Um, I, I'm just not a big vegetable person. So I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in the same town as Jerry. And, um, she said that, cause I told her how, like, I want to start eating better, but I, I just can't get the vegetables down. And she said, no, you're making it too complicated. You need to make this very simple, get all of your vegetables in the morning, and then you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the day. So I make sure I put at least four green things in that cup before I blend it up. And sometimes, you know, I get a little crazy and I might add like blueberries or blackberries. I tried raspberries once, but it overpowered the whole thing and it was gross and I couldn't drink it. Um, and one day last week I put, um, I chopped up a beet, like from the root all the way to the tip of the leaves. And so it was this beautiful pinkish color. Um, it wasn't bad. It, it, you know, I could still taste the the earthiness of it, um, but the peanut butter and the banana helped cover that up. So um, I really look forward to those morning smoothies, yeah. and they make me. Okay, happy. I have two. I have two things. Two tips. Okay. Uh, number one, never ever use kiwis. It'll it'll be like drinking sand if you do really? that because of all the little because of all the little seeds that are in there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. No kiwi. I've done that before. And the other thing, I don't know if you about the, know about the uh, chef's trick with asparagus to know what part to keep and what part to throw away. But if you, you take the, the asparagus and you just snap it by hand, grab mm -hmm. it by the base, grab it like in the middle and snap it, wherever it snaps, every, from there up to the top, the, the flower part of the stalk yeah. is going to taste exactly the same. The rest you just throw away because oh, it's okay. too fibrous. Yeah, it gets yeah. really bitter. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, and it tastes bad. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm going to write that down too. Yeah. <laughs> Snap yeah. your asparagus. <laughs> uh, Podcast me. title. <laughs> <laughs> Jory's writing down, dip your asparagus in chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
My addicted to is going to be hopefully staying at home and no travel. Uh, mm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I've got some doctor's things going on coming up in the next couple months. And I think I'm just going to be stuck here in Baton Rouge, which is great. Uh, things de- seem to have settled out with my family uh, up in Detroit. Uh, you know, there's still my mother has turned into somebody who just loves to bitch and complain, which I guess when you're 91 years old, you eventually get there. What uh, else do so you I have? have to listen to. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I get to listen to it by phone, but uh, I don't have to be there and experience it in person. And I got, got my brother straightened out, at least for the time being. So, yeah, I'm going to stick here and hopefully get addicted to peace and quiet and just being here with my wife and here in a, probably about another, what, four to six weeks, uh, fresh farm eggs from mm. chickens in the backyard. So, oh, I'm so jealous. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In terms of what's coming up for me this week, um, tomorrow morning, I'll go to Panera, start working on chapter nine. That was the chapter that I hope to have had done by the time we recorded, but didn't get there. It's a big chapter. chapter. I looked at it this morning. It's like 3,100 words. I'm not going to change it to 6,000 words like I have the last couple, um, but it is, I might end up splitting into two. It's just a big chapter. And as I add things to it, if there's a good place to split it, I may do that. Tomorrow through Wednesday, Monday through Wednesday, I'm working from home. I'll probably go to write at different times. I don't know when. Uh, It could be lunch. It could be after. Uh, Tuesday night has been the night that I've been going to Hothead. So my guess would be that that's going to happen Tuesday night. Uh, One day I'll probably do lunch and one day I probably won't write at all. Thursday, I'm back in the office. Like I said, I'm back in for the, the last time until the end of February. And I'm hoping that, you know, construction never gets done on time. I mean, Rich, you would know that if anybody yep. does. Actually, Lindsay, <laughs> you'd probably know that too, because you're doing some now. Um, so I'm hoping that it makes, it prolongs me having to drive back into the office until it, the, the winter goes away. Um, I, hope my, it, I hope my wife does not listen to this because I am now officially over the one year mark of working on the master bath. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's going to yeah. be fantastic when it's done, though, right? Oh, the part that's done now is fantastic. Yeah. It's like my daughter, my daughter-in-law says it's like being in a spa. But Ooh. <laughs> it would be nice to have a vanity and a sink in there. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, uh, but if I do go, I am going to the office. I will write at lunch again. I will go to Corbo's for the last time for for a bunch of weeks and get my cavatelli for lunch and my cassata cake, which I enjoy every Thursday that I go into the office. Uh, I'm not eating clean, by the way. I'm, if you got, if you're a listener and you're looking for representation on the podcast of someone who's not eating healthy, just look to me because I'm the guy. Um, well, follow, Friday, follow his Snapchat because your your cooking shows are never super healthy either. So, or maybe I should just post them <laughs> to my Facebook page. There you go. Uh, See, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Friday, I'm working from home. I'll either write at lunch or after work or both. Uh, I'm also thinking about taking the day off of work or at least taking half a day off since we're off the following Monday for MLK and it'd be nice to have a nice four day weekend or three and a half day weekend. Uh, We'll see Saturday. I'll probably keep this routine of casino Chick-fil-A. Actually it's casino chase bank Chick-fil-A to deposit my winnings. As long as I keep (laughs) winning, Um, uh, you know, there's one machine that I keep playing. It's a 375 max bet, which I don't like because it's a high max bet on every spin, but it, pays me every time I play it. So we'll see. Uh, then afterward, I'll do some errands, uh, come home, clean up my house. I think there's going to be NFL playoff games on Saturday. So I'll have that on too. And then we will podcast again in the evening. My goal for this week is, and Lindsay, you don't know this. I added a goal cause I, I got tired of failing my yearly goals. So I'm adding weekly <laughs> goals that are easy. That's perfect. Um, 
Yeah. Although I did fail the last one. Usually I, usually I make these goals as I make them simple, but uh, this one I'm gonna make a little bit tougher. Uh, based, I looked at the word count for the next four or five chapters. The next two are, are pretty big, but then after that, they're pretty small. So I'm going to try to get through chapter 14, which puts me right at the midpoint. And it would be really great to be at the midpoint on January, you know, 14th. Um, when I want to get this done by March 1st, that gives me a lot of time to get, get through the rest of it. Um, so we'll see, but that, yeah, that's my, that's my week. Um, my week is, let's see here tomorrow. I'm going to call it day one of the gym because remember I said I was going to do three days of the gym. So I'm going to, I'm thinking a nice short ab workout. I don't want to do anything to the point where I can't move cause I still have to <laughs> live my life. Um, so a nice short ab workout sounds good. Um, and then I'm going to go over book two some more. Um, I, I feel like I can't really start digging in and writing until I go through everything that I've already written. Um, and then I work two until probably about eight 30 it's inventory. So just whenever we get done with that, um, and then read my book of the week, Verity by Colleen Hoover. Um, Monday, Monday, I start my quarterly seven day functional medicine detox. Um, I follow a program by Dr. Steven Cabral. He does podcasts every single day. It's what I listen to on my way to work. They're super short, like 18 to 22 minutes long. He tends to talk as fast as a 14 year old girl though, um, which is hard <laughs> to understand sometimes. Um, but he is very big on these functional medicine detoxes. He wrote a book, it's called um, The Rain Barrel Effect. And you can actually get it free from his website. You just pay shipping. I think it's like $7.95 or something. I read it, it's amazing. I loved it. Um, so with the seven day functional medicine detox, basically um, I, I drink these, these vitamin protein shakes um, four times a day, Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday through um, Sunday, I'll have the shakes twice a day, but then I'll have two meals. I like to do a vegan meal, like with a uh, plant protein for lunch, and then I'll do an animal protein for dinner. Um, it's really super easy. There's some um, vitamins, I guess, that are filled with all of these healthy things to help detox your liver um, and empty your rain barrel. Um, so that starts on Monday. Um, I work all day. Tuesday, I work all day. Wednesday, I'm only working until noon. And then I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'll have about three hours before my son gets home from school. So it would be nice to get in my office and um, focus on some writing stuff. Um, Thursday, I work all day. Friday, I'm finally off. It is my husband's birthday. So we'll hang out, maybe eat some cake. Um, and I do want to spend some, some hours writing. Like I said, I want to write about, um, six hours a week or three hours twice a week. So definitely Friday will be part of that. And that's also going to be day two of the gym. And since I'm doing the functional medicine detox, I don't want to overtax my body in any way. So I'm going to do some light stretching yoga. Um, pretty easy Saturday. I'm off again, which amazing a Friday and a Saturday off that never happens. Um, that'll be my second full writing day and day three of the gym, just more light yoga, um, while I finish up the detox and then we'll podcast and I'll get to tell you how hungry I am. <laughs> once, once you get into the swing of things, uh, are you into weightlifting or, or what do you do for workouts? Um, we have a gym in our house. My husband's been working out since he was about 12. 
Um, so we have quite the, the extensive gym in our house. I honestly hate that room. Um, I try to avoid it, you know, being healthy eating, I thought would be the hard part, but really it's working out. I don't like to do it at all. Um, I do mostly body weight training, um, some free weights, but I don't use really the machines that he has in there. Yeah. I, I was just curious. I, I, I'm always interested in in what people do for to work out. I, I've been a gym rat my whole life, and it's mm -hmm. just, uh, um, you know, I, and I, I I bounce back and forth between uh, things that tighten your muscles and things that stretch them out. Yeah, and it just de just depends on what kind of a cycle I'm in in terms of my life. Yeah, uh, there was a period for about three four years where all I did was swim. You know, so I was just but, that's uh, a full body workout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I used to be on the, on the swim and dive team when I was in high school way back okay. when. So that's kind of, kind of where I picked that up, I think. But my, just recently, uh, recently my wife's doctor has been telling her that, you know, if you're going to do anything and you do need to do something, mm -hmm. uh, you need to, you need to be doing weight work yeah. as a woman. Yeah. Because especially. with the muscles, you, you use it or you lose it. I mean, right. the well, it, get, it's the, the muscle, it. but not only that, it's, it's putting the stress on your body, mm -hmm. uh, helps in terms of calcium loss in the bones. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a real thing. Weight-bearing um, exercise builds the muscle or builds the bones. Right. Uh, this coming week for me, um, it's going to look kind of like hopefully a normal week. Uh, I've got church stuff tomorrow in the morning. Uh, and then when I get back in the afternoon, I'm probably just going to totally goof off. It's my birthday tomorrow. So oh, I'm going to. tomorrow. Well, thank you. Um, I may actually go out and buy myself a bottle of scotch and see how long I can make that last during 2023. I don't usually drink very much at all, but, uh, every, if I can find one of those bottles that's labeled writer's tears, I would actually buy one of those, but <laughs> instead I'll probably, instead I'll probably buy uh, you know, one of those single malts that I had when I was in Scotland and it cost you about a hundred bucks a bottle to buy or whatever Ooh. and try to make that, that stretch. Uh, Monday, I'm going to start the new schedule that we talked about the last time we were podcasting four hours of, of writing activity of some form or another. And that ultimately will include publishing and whatever uh, as time goes on. But four hours after I wake up, followed by lunch, then four hours of honeydew stuff or whatever other projects are, are going on around the house. Then I'll be hitting the gym every day or doing some kind of exercise for an hour. And by that time, the day is spent and I'll be probably just reading until bedtime and I'll be do I'll do that Monday through, uh, through next Friday. Anyways, I really want to get through the, uh, finish up the rest of John Truby's book. Uh, in addition to be very, very detailed, uh, and going through all the major genres, it's just a big book. There's a lot of information yeah. in there. It's like and, 700 uh, pages. It's yeah. It, yeah. It's big and it's detailed and it's easy to forget something you read like three or four pages back just because there's so much new it's like a fire hose basically mm -hmm. so and, and he really suggests strongly that you read the don't just read your own genre you can start there if you want but uh his whole thing is that since star wars star he, he goes back to the original star wars and says that was the first publicly told story that was really more than one genre up until then, stories were told in a single genre, uh, and that. But Star Wars mixed in about five or six of them, which he talks about in the book and how they did it and everything. And if you're going to be a successful writer nowadays, you really need to be thinking about multiple genres as you write. And you know, you could have a main genre. You could be romance, 
but you really need to have mystery in there as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you need to have maybe horror, depending on what kind of a romance writer you are, or urban fantasy or something, you know. And same thing for the mystery. If you get mystery, you know, the obvious pairing for mystery is going to be romance. Almost every mystery has a romance in it. Uh, but there, there can be other things in there as well, um, and which will brings me to my weekly plug for the, uh, the, net, the Netflix show Wednesday. If you haven't seen it, you need to look at it. Uh, it's a it's a great show. Uh, it's you know, nominally urban fantasy, but it is great in terms of, mur of murder mystery and in terms of romance as well. At least I, I, that's I really love that show. I saw they were just um, picked up for season two or they just started filming season right. two or something. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a good show. Uh, I, I've talked to I've, I mentioned this to Jerry before, but there the the lead character um what's her name jenna ortega uh and the way she plays wednesday adams <clears throat> i don't know if she read these books or not but there's a set of three four there's a set of four books out that were written by Brittany caviero uh recently within the last five six years that's a retelling of the sherlock holmes watson story from the perspective of a teenage girl and boy where the boys is Watson and the girl is Charlotte Holmes. And her mannerisms in Wednesday and the way she talks and the fact that she is like devoid of emotion and is just, you know, so matter of a fact and ready to jump into action anytime, it's just mirrors what Charlotte Holmes is perfectly. So I don't know if they, if they kind of, you know, Was that on uh, stole purpose? that from the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But if you like YA, those books are really good. The first one uh, was called, uh, uh, hmm, I can't remember, something Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte was in the title. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> Brittany Caviero, uh, C-A-V-A-L-L-A-R-O, I believe, Okay, uh, is, is the author's name. Uh, so th those are really good. Um Let's see what else is going on as far as goals having a goal for the end of the week i'm I, I'm, I'm not really at the stage here because i've got so many balls in the air trying to figure out exactly what i want to do with the social media how much i i want to try to automate it uh, or or not just do it off off the cuff uh one thing i do want to do by the end of the week uh as jerry knows i've got six episodes of a story up on vela at the moment I want to start putting more episodes up there. So one of the goals for by the end of next of this this week would be to get at least two or three more episodes. I shouldn't say up there because a lot of them are up there, but to go through them again, make sure everything's fine with them, get them posted so people can can read them. Uh, because I wanted to get to be about get to fifteen to twenty episodes or so before I start uh, pushing people towards them. Because Vela, unlike well, like every other Amazon platform, if you don't push people to your work, nobody will ever see it. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, there's no discoverability or, or at all on Vela. So I'm, I'm going to try try to get, let's, uh, let, let me say, I'm going to try to get five more episodes up by the end of the week. We'll make that a goal. Uh, and that, that will be pretty good. And that'll you know, kind of get me into the swing of maybe being a little more productive for 2023. So mm -hmm. that's where I'm headed. All right. Oh, you, you said 2020, 2023, and I had to look down at my computer to see, is that the right year? Is that the year we're oh. actually in? <laughs> um, all right, so in terms of the best thing that I wrote this week, uh, Rich, you don't have anything. Lindsay, you don't have anything? Uh, no. You're not really writing anything, Lindsay. Um, <laughs> so I have something. Um, it was just something I wrote today. 
um, it it kind of encapsulates a couple things I was struggling with with the story. Number one was how do I get my character to be friends with the police? Uh, you know, in a real life situation, the police are not going to just hang out with some guy and tell him all the facts of the case so that he can help. Um, I'm trying to use the idea that it's small town and, and that kind of thing. That's one. And then the other thing is, you know, Save the Cat has that whole theme stated section. Um, usually, I believe in Save the Cat, they say that it's another character who says it. But in, in this one, it's my main character who says it. I don't know if it's corny or not, but I'm going to read it. I'm going to leave it in there because I like it. And I'm gonna, it pertains to his backstory, so I'm just going to say it. So uh, let me just read this real quick. <clears throat> this is, uh, begins in a, uh, where the police have set up their shop. And uh, my main character is talking to the two police. Emerson being the gruff, the, the policeman that they don't like, and Detective Chase, she's the one that is like the friend. So. All right, here we go. <clears throat> You're telling him too much, Emerson said. He stood and headed toward the, headed toward the door. I'm going to go get Dolores and bring her in to question her. I'm not going to tell anyone what you're telling me, Sam said, and if I can help, I'm happy to. Emerson held the door open but stopped before exiting. Why are you so eager to help? Sam leaned back and looked toward the ceiling. Let's just say he paused. I believe in justice, not only for the dead, but also and especially the living who have to deal with the consequences of their own and others' actions. Jesus Christ, Emerson mumbled. He shook his head and left the room. What's his problem? Sam asked Chase. He thinks the way he did things in Boise is how he sh we should do them here. I keep telling him small town people differ from those in the big city, but he doesn't listen. He thinks I'm too nice. That's, that's my little section. I feel like I don't have to have Oh, you know okay. I didn't know what the right response was. Yeah, it's good though. I, I have a I have a comment. Um, yeah, as or a critique or whatever you want to call it. Sure. <clears throat> Every sentence here, I think, has a dialogue tag in it, except for the last one. And when I when you were reading it, and I read through it as you were reading it, that kind of stuck out at me. There was a lot of he said, she said kind of stuff going on. Uh, and I was just wondering if there is a way you could maybe combine some of this. For example, like in, in the first sentence, you said you're telling him too much. Instead of saying Emerson said, period, he stood. You could just say you're telling him too much. Emerson stood and headed toward the door. Yeah. One of the things yeah. I've been trying to correct in this is, and this is one of the things I read during the description part, was um, not having dialogue tags dialogue takes but having action happening during the right. dialogue. And that's what right. Like right. Uh, Emerson held the door and saw out open and stop before exiting was one of those examples. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that would something that would probably make it flow a little bit, a yeah. little bit better. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. It's good. All right. Um, let's see. That is all I have for the podcast. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? We're at two hours and 13 minutes. It'll be two twenty by the time I edit or two, maybe two sixteen or so. So uh, what do you think? I'm, I'm thinking that uh, Paul Teague's record is in danger at some point <laughs> while we're, we're podcasting. Yeah, I think that was, what, like two hours and 30 minutes? I don't remember exactly. Two hours, uh, two hours and 40-something, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of these days we'll hit. We'll, we'll get there. So, um, All right. Lindsay, do you have anything else? No. All right. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, email me, jerry at jerryevanoff.com. Uh, the website is jerryevanoff.com, but maybe not for much longer. We'll see. At some point, I'll probably start putting people towards uh, Jerry Evanoff author while I'm setting the whole thing up. We'll see. I'm on Twitter, jerryE25. I'm on Facebook, Jerry Evanoff author, although I have said in this podcast I probably won't do much with that. I'm not sure yet. So, you know, maybe don't go there. I don't know. Uh, 
Um, we have a Patreon, and now that Rich is done traveling and the holidays are over, we're going to talk about how we're going to handle the Patreon, what we're going to do with it. I want to start posting just little one-offs to it at some point. Uh, that could be the place I post stuff instead of doing it on Facebook. Um, we'll see. Uh, and then I'm on Snapchat, as Lindsay has said many times, um, and you can follow me if you want to. Yeah, and you can find me wherever you look for weird kids. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at the Real Rich Casey Author. I'm on Twitter at Rich Casey, and you can email me rich at richcasey.com. Uh, you can find my website lindsayavanoff.com. Haven't done anything with it in a year. Um, really need to. That should be my future running list of things to do. Um, get back on that. Uh, you can email me, lindsay at lindsayavanoff.com. Really interested if you've read um, The Lost Apothecary, what your thoughts are on that. Um, I'm on Facebook, Lindsay Evanoff Author, Instagram, Lindsay Evanoff Author, and Twitter, Evanoff Lindsay. And that's all we have. Yeah, everyone. Um, we, we used to do this ending, Rich, when it was just me and Lindsay, where I would say, uh, Lindsay would say something about giving us a comment and then we would end and then you and I started and I would, I would say thanks for listening and you would say whatever you would say. So now I don't know how to end this. Like I'm awkward right now. I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I would say um, and until next time. Yeah. Yeah. Peace out everybody. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs>